the Mad Dash. Hello, and welcome to the Southcast on Sunday, the 16th of October, 2022. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Glad, Mad Dash. And Robert Kemp. Glad? <laughs> well, it sounded like you said, La Mad Dash. Le Mad. <laughs> Le Mad. Le Mad. Bon. Are you a mad lad, or are you just a glad lad? Or a bad lad. A glad lad and the bad lad. <laughs> or any of these other words that fit that scheme. Vlad the bad Vlad the lad. Vlad <laughs> the bad lad. From Vladis lad. <laughs> bad effort. <laughs> Vladivostok? Yeah, yeah. Is that where the Vlads come from? Probably. I mean, I could have picked a real place like Stalingrad, I guess, or... That that was not real. Yeah. Does Grad mean city, I presume? Probably. I guess, yeah. Leningrad, Stalingrad. Vladivostok, though, is that like a town of lads? Where all the students live, isn't it? Undergrad. <laughs> undergrad, yeah. Postgrad. The undergrad. I am <laughs> the undergrad. I'm, I'm undergrad. <laughs> yeah. undergrad lad. <laughs> you're not technically are you post-grad when you've just done a degree and like but like you haven't done like a doctorate no, you, have to be, you have to be studying for to be a post-grad to be a post-grad yeah so i'm i'm gradless at the moment yeah we're not at, we're not studying so we're not undergrads or sans grad. postgrads we're, we're, yeah sans grad i mean degrad <laughs> degrad it's very degrading. I play a lot of anti-grad racing games. <laughs> is that the only place where grav is gravity is abbreviated to grav? Grav lift. Grav racing. Or only in sci-fi is <laughs> only grav, in video gravity games. abbreviated. Yeah. yeah. Or G, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> the most called, abbreviated. It's not called grav G. force, is it? No, it's G force, yeah. Could be grab force. Grab and go. You just don't understand the grab of the situation. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, like hippies, are having having a bit of a bit of a smoke, have probably gone like. <laughs> Yeah, just, just don't understand the grab, man. <laughs> I don't know if I have grab. <laughs> Who's <laughs> saying you just don't you just don't get it? Gravity is just you just don't get it. Just like Man, magnets. <laughs> what is gravity? How do they work? <laughs> to be fair, I mean we don't have a theory of quantum gravity, so I mean we don't really get it. it doesn't seem to work. <laughs> well, with, arguably, you just like we don't get a lot of things on in terms of quantum. <laughs> it's like that's the big problem. We understand a whole shit ton of stuff non-quantum, and we understand quantum, and then there's this big gap in the middle where they don't line up. <laughs> Well, they don't they don't work together <laughs> and it, and it, yeah and also like it's one of those fields isn't it where the technology claims made about quantum are like they're like yay we solved a problem and it's like yeah but it's not really a problem for anything else like there wasn't so, didn't someone recently be all like hey we've made we've made quantum security a thing they're like like we can now crypto things with quantum and then a somewhat mediocre pc was like yeah i cracked it <laughs> 
Really? I hadn't heard any of that. Yeah, that's, I, I didn't. I didn't. I can't remember it in full. It was a while back, um, but I'm sure it came. I thought that was and, the whole point of quantum cryptography. Was it is uncrackable? It's just completely impractical. It, yeah, I, I guess it was like not well done. <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, isn't it that like normal cryptography is destroyed uncrackable? Yeah, it's destroyed by quantum. Theoretically, but, like, yeah. But but without quantum, it's uncrackable within like provided you make to do things sensibly, and it's uncrackable within a practical time scale of sure. like the age of the universe. Or something yeah, like the that. probability of you cracking it within a sensible time frame, anyway. Yeah, but that gets broken by the quantum stuff because it can do all possible things at one in one move, mm. basically. Um, but it's just impractical to actually make a quantum computer currently. But they're like, we factored a single prime with this gigantic lab or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. This super cooled series of tubes. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. But that would be bizarre. Imagine if like sudden, I, I think it'll be a bit like, um, you know, uh, fusion power plants in that like, theoretically, it's a great idea, but it will take like a hundred years to figure out the technology. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be similar. Yeah. You see that thing yeah. that they actually, they, they apparently actually did achieve a self-sustaining fusion reaction. But like a positive how, output. But yeah. they don't know how they did it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Where they was got, that? They, at, like the jet tours or whatever? Uh, I, I can't remember where, but like, yeah, they, 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 the numbers all read as like, yeah, this was actually working, but we can't do it again. There's some, some, there is something special about this one run that they... Oh, weird. ...that they don't know. Um and they don't know what was special about they don't, it. They don't know what was special about it, yeah. Like running it in is as close to damn it as you'll, you know, as close as, as as far as we know, the exact same scenario. It's not happening. Because they are building a gigantic new one in France, right, aren't they? I think. But that's I mean, like still years really away. Got they have been for years. And... <laughs> yeah. It's still not finished though, is it? No. So Give it another ITER, right? Is that the one? Give it another hundred years. They might have figured out how they did it in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's why I think it's like some technologies evolve faster than you'd think. And then other ones like fusion, like there's been a theoretical, you know, people have been trying to make fusion work for 50 years already, I presume. Um, And uh, it's going to be another 50 before we actually get power plants. I think it'll be the same with quantum computing. So your secrets maybe, are safe, but I feel like yeah. in Quantum's case, like it, it, there's more opportunities to do little bits of it. Like with Fusion, you can yeah. you only have Fusion or you don't. Yeah, <laughs> there's no half yeah. steps on that. That's true. That's true. The whole problem has to be solved, otherwise you're you're boned. Yeah, quant- Quantum yeah. they are figuring out tiny details, like super tiny details. Well, I, mean, they, I also meant that you could out. make very small scale bits of quantum computer that would still be useful yeah you don't have to make an entire quantum computer that functions just like a regular computer that could, or anything that could run the windows start. yeah um, <laughs> right do you think you'll have a little quantum cryptography chip in every phone yeah. or whatever in, 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 in yeah. 10 years time in, integrated onto like network cards or something mm. yes. i mean there's already like dedicated yeah cryptography chips aren't there oh sure and so, hsms so, yeah. and things like that um yeah exactly or point a camera at a lava lamp <laughs> the classic <laughs> sure why what does that do 
Well, I forget. Is it, is I forget it, like, is it just a that, random generator? Well, yeah, it's it's like you can generate. It's oh. essentially random number generator, but just it's a visual random number generator where you just take a video right. of a bunch of lava lamps and then just take the video file as code, and then you have a basically hella infinite random random number generator. Surely, like yeah, surely like just pointing a camera. And getting the noise map on yeah, it is like... And pointing is, the camera at anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can get it from, like, Brownian motion, can't you, inside? In I mean, that is inside. basically what Lava Labs are, right? It's yeah. Basically, right, yeah. just human slow scaled. Brownian, yeah. <laughs> Human-scaled Brownian motion, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's not like the classic example in school where you just get, like, a whole bunch of marbles, right? And then jiggle them around a bit. <laughs> This is Rob's science class. Just take these marbles and jiggle them. <laughs> jiggling marbles. It's a decent visual representation, right? Sort of. Well, like, because you, 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 you can make them like two, like blue on one half and red on the other half, jiggle them about a bit, and then you see them diffuse, and it's like, oh yeah. That's nice. not Brownian ration, though. You need the, it's small marbles and big marbles for Brownian. Because you need to, the big marbles get jiggled it. by the small marbles, is the idea, right? Diffusion is slightly different. I mean, I guess diffusion could also take. I mean, so it's in the, it, yeah, it's in the same ballpark. <laughs> yes, it's similar. That be uh, that's your second lesson. You bring the marbles back for the. <laughs> well, I guess you do diffusion first. Right? Yes. Diffusion is the easiest thing to understand, and then when it's all the same size. Yeah. I don't remember the, all that many like demonstrations in physics class man i'm, I'm sure we had loads but... teachers and what in school you went yeah, to. yeah exactly. i mean i i remember i remember almost every other at least every other lesson being a demo of some kind but like i mm. can't i can't remember most of them because you know whatever it's like, like 25 years ago <laughs> however long it's been now but i don't really remember that much physics demonstrations really like the classic light slits and well, lasers okay, yeah, that and one. I don't know. I've tried to ask had fun actually, with radioactive you actually gear. Do the, did you actually do the young slit experiment? No, we had one big one it. set up. I think mm. I did it. Like I think we really? had multiple light boxes in that oh, one that's time. Cool. I would have liked to have done yeah, the stupid we, slits. We, well, I mean, we had it set up for real. We didn't individually do it, but we had one set up. Um, but, I mean, what's... I don't know. Or, or What's the actual point of doing it when you can just be told that that's what happened? I don't well, know. Well, it's a proof that it's actually happened. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I suppose. It kind of helps. It's, like, it's an engagement thing, right? That's yeah. all, that's yeah, all any education needs yeah. is, is engagement. Yeah, it's true. A kid's going to be engaged by shining a light through two slits. I suppose they are. Look at the pretties. <laughs> Look well, at the pattern. Having any physical object in a, in a class is pretty engaging yeah it's yeah. better it's better than nothing yeah it's or, like i don't know we had vacuum stuff right like you must have vacuumed yeah. out things to be like hey this fire went out what the shit's that about i, don't think, I think we had a van de graaff generator at one point yeah that we did <laughs> now that is fun yeah we had but that came that came out quite a lot that's just for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I <laughs> to bring out the cool thing. I don't think I had <laughs> a vacuum until university, but then I was all about vacuums. So I was just like, here come these goddamn vacuums again. Man, I, I can't remember what it was. Okay, like I can't remember what we were doing. I remember where I was doing it and all this stuff in in in, uh, in physics, and I can't remember for what purpose. But I remember we had there was electronics of some or the basics of like electronics. Yeah, uh, but they had this like modular gear 
that was like not quite the same as like do you remember back in like like primary school or something they had these big yellow diplo yeah. blocks that had like an individual function and, and you had was, those wires that plug into the yeah, 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 yeah. so this was like an advanced version of that like they, they weren't just these enormous duplo blocks but they were like these little modules of things that you would then like effectively patch cable together to make things happen there'd be like a timer on one thing there'd be like a um and an, a pin driven led like seven segment like number display on one module and stuff like that. There were so it's like the, it's, there were relay switches and all kinds of madness. Like, like the mid step between the primary school version and like full breadboards. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> it was really rad, and I don't like. I don't. I never. The school never used it, as far as I can tell, for anything actually like curricular. <laughs> important. Yeah. So I I found this kit in a drawer in the physics lab and was like, "What is this?" And I like we had something we were doing, and I can't remember what. And I just remember, like, I, like as a kid, not understanding what any of this stuff really was and just patching shit together. But, like, making something that actually had a sort of rhythmic click to it and made, made beeps every now and then because it was like a timer module as well. And it, so it was this, these relay switches were going clickety-clickety-click and these other bits were going boop 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 And I'm just like, this is sweet. I don't know what I'm doing, but this is sweet. And then Rob became a musician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it called The fire. natural progression. Oh, yes, obviously. <laughs> I was also in the same room that our physics teacher was. Uh, would go on about the virtues of burning chicken poo. Of course. Oh yeah, about for power. <laughs> I mean, it does happen. Bio, biofuel fired. Yep. Stuff. And nuclear. He loved burning chicken poo and burning uranium. <laughs> 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 And then that one I mean, day we, when I was in a physics lesson and the school got struck by lightning, <laughs> like the biggest Van de Graaff. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, that was fun. But well, is that because... I mean, it was just it a was really like, loud bang yeah. and, then, and then all the electric went off and then the school was like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that just happen in the middle of a day? Yeah. Just casually. What? Was it because you know there's like a metal roof on top of a tower? Or yeah, the, I mean that school was quite had a, had did have a tower, right? And it's mm. and it's quite high up as well. I think it did. Start with, right? Yeah, I think it yeah, did have an intentional well. conductor on it, but clearly that wasn't, <laughs> yes. wasn't enough. I would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> that tall building would have a lightning rod. You mm. would hope. Yeah, but it didn't do its job if the electrics went out. It did not. No. Yes, that was fun. I mean, it's fun as kids because you're just like, what the shit's going on? Oh, well, clearly we're not learning for a while. <laughs> yeah, can't see yeah. shit. Can't wait to not learn. <laughs> can't go outside, though. <laughs> we might get zapped. Uh, the sky's got light fingers. <laughs> podcast about video games. Maybe. It sometimes is. But there may or may not be light fingers involved. <laughs> the majority of it. Yeah. We don't suggest you're light fingered with the games or <laughs> or conducting any lightning into them. It's probably a bad idea. Make sure you're earthed when you're fucking around with your insanely expensive PC. <laughs> yes. Use the stupid plastic strap thing with the, with the metal conductor and attach it to the case with the little um, crocodile clip. Or at the very least, you know, 
touch things. Touch a radiator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> touch an earthed thing while you're touching your other non-earthed thing. Gotta be honest, I'm not, I'm pretty blasé about working on my PC. <laughs> I usually just do it on the floor on my back. On, on, <laughs> like, the, on the carpet. On the carpet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the worst place. Also, I mean, I could put my PC on this desk, but, you know, this desk isn't designed for weight. Well, no. I mean, you don't have to put it on. No, I guess I'd take it to the kitchen if I had to really, like... Yes, that's one of the times recently where I've been working on my PC. I'm just like, I'd just take it downstairs and put it on the table and be like, okay, now I've got some actual space. <laughs> Do what work do you need to do on your PC these days, Egg? Well, as I said last Keep episode, it I think it was like when I was cleaning out all the fans and re-oiling them, I was just like, I just need to take this downstairs so I can access all of the fans. Never yeah. Take them out of the case. I dusted and hoovered my PC. Hoovering, probably not the best idea either. No, also. But... <laughs> but I have that. And then one of those spray can things. Oh, yes. One of the compressed air things. because yeah, they're kind of cool. They are cool. I literally cool as well increasingly have been feeling like I need to like blow out my graphics card but that's the most annoying one wow like especially, if you, fans, especially if you really want to get into that heat sink yeah all the other fans are totally fine but it's like the graphics card one with it's like side fence and it's all integrated mm. and like there's um, like it's a tunnel that goes all the way through the whole length of the card basically oh right it's one of those designs okay yeah there's no and there's no way to tell whether you're even getting anything out of there because it's just like well, yeah. I mean, you blow it out. I mean, you're but, not really, and you're not really supposed to take those apart particularly. Nope. So it's at least um, but then again, my giant heat sink on my CPU is like much easier to get at. Like, but it's but because it's so large, it's like that's also sort of a bit of a problem because it's like it's like well, I'm blowing into this thing, but it's like because it's so big, it's not actually getting through the heat sink particularly well. Yeah. And I, I, I always hate trying to take the fan off the front of my heatsink because that's always the worst. The way that heatsink fans are attached to the heatsink is always terrible with their goddamn like spring loaded arms that are attached to the metal of the heatsink and then hold the fan on the front. Oh, I think mine's really easy. Mine's just like rubber clips. Well, sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's better versions of, of that. Yeah, I think you can just take the whole fan off like super easy. But it's like, it's because they, they use those, they use the like metal spring clips to attach my one and it's like they're so firmly attached it's really you like you really feel it flexing against the motherboard when you're trying to remove it it's like i don't like this at all that's uncomfortable yeah (laughs) i mean i've had some moments where i've been with pcs where i've been hooking motherboards into cases and it's been flexing just as i'm trying to get them like the screw just screwing the motherboard to the case can sometimes be a bit funky Hmm. um like, you know, the holes for some reason on the board just don't seem quite right, which probably means the holes on the case aren't quite right. Yes. Well, more, it's more likely to be that. But or even when you're just trying to, as we were talking about earlier before the podcast, like just jam a graphics card in there. And like, sometimes they don't slide into their slots yeah, particularly or, or well. Ram. Yeah. And, ram and, and the so board's bad. flexing underneath the underneath the card you're pushing in. The worst thing about RAM is like, they have these like, it clips over to hold it in. But and then like when you're unclipping it, it's really hard initially, but if you can get it to go, it like actually just levers itself out of the board as right. part of the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's super difficult to get it going and then it's really easy. Yeah, and then it just goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. The um I managed to short a motherboard once. <laughs> like um 
I'm not quite sure how, but so like I, I think it was to do it again, screwing the board onto the case, like the the, the little prop prop up bits, like was somehow shorting a part of the board out, and uh, so it wouldn't boot until I eventually sort of just took the whole thing off, put it back on again. Everything was happy. Probably not the best idea, but you know <laughs> when it was, and, it, and then it never broke again. So I got lucky, I guess. But okay. but uh, not this one. This PC's fine. <laughs> It has mostly working USB. Mostly. <laughs> like, like most, I'm like, for some reason, most, all of my previous builds where something has gone wrong on the USB. I do remember back in the day, because I didn't know what I was doing with PCs, um, and my one broke at university. Um, and I looked in, I managed to figure out by, you know, changing parts around and stuff that it was probably the motherboard right, <laughs> out of yeah. all the things it's the worst uh, realization when it's that i know it's just like i might as well just build a brand new machine at this point so i actually replaced the I, motherboard like i got a new motherboard but i got huh. the exact same one because i didn't know because I, I so i just looked up the part but of course the pc i bought you know from time or whatever it was mm. or one of those and they'd got the cheapest mudball they could and that's the reason it broke in the first place was because yeah. it was a piece of shit but i replaced it with the same one because i didn't know what i was doing uh which was like a 40 quid motherboard <laughs> um hey, uh, i mean at the time that was reasonable actually <laughs> like, yeah i guess probably yeah. anyway yeah i plugged everything in turned it on and it caught fire <laughs> the wow yeah i mean not like that dramatically but yeah uh, one of the burnt. camps must have been bad yeah yeah it smell of burning oh ma- uh, what the new yeah. board yeah the new board yeah the replacement because wow. the quality was just really bad uh yeah that was yeah bad times uh, i've never i've never blown up a pc i mean lightning has blown up a pc that i've owned before but like when i was a kid because <laughs> oh, uh, you know phone lines the yeah. modems and stuff like that back back then <laughs> Oh yeah, copper phone lines. Yeah. yeah, lightning fried one of our machines. Um, but yeah, I've had too many disasters. Surprisingly, really. All power supply would have exploded on me at this point. But <laughs> power supplies are the things that I seem to struggle with. They well, seem to be the bits that go. Yes. Um, one of the bits that I've definitely replaced the most. Yeah. But they don't fail dramatically usually. I mean, I have just to, like I've, they just stop. <laughs> I mean, I've had graphics card failures as well, but they're not. Yes, also. But that's normally driver related and something softwarey that can be fixed. Well, uh, I've had actual graphics card failures. Well, aside from my, was it the my, uh, was it uh, the Nvidia eighty eight hundred? That thing was a dodgy piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I had a um, that was that was when like was it was it DX ten became a big thing. And uh, the the card I think came out early, well earlier than it should have because mm. neither the driver set nor Windows nor the card itself it seems was ready, <laughs> and it's uh, it was yeah it was that was painful. I should should not have bought. I just it was one of those things. I was I just got out of uni and I just got into work and I'm like I'm gonna blow my money on this top spec graphics yeah. card. Um, bit of a mistake <laughs> in retrospect. I probably should have waited a bit. Um, I mean, that's, I suppose that's true of any early adopter technology, but that one was especially true. <laughs> that card was a pain in the ass. 
And now I'm milking this 1080 for all it's worth because no one can afford graphics cards. Yeah. No, I mean you got that at a good time. I feel like before the just before, before the, the yeah the, the craziness the... began of the crypto. I mean, it was still expensive because it was a 1080. Oh yeah, but like yeah, it was a top. Well, that's the time to get the top range when you can still get them for a um, recommended retail price. I guess. Yeah, I guess. And then that's going to last you. Yeah. Yeah, I am surprised how long this card has lasted actually, because it's not—it's not the weak point in my machine. I would mm. like to have like the new, uh, new stuff, like you know, so I can toy with DLSS and get get more frames yeah. and cards that are yeah. just that little bit better at dealing with like G-Sync and or you know, VRR. I suppose is the catch-all term now. Yeah. Um, uh, than than this card. This card is capable, but it's um it's not perfect. Um, not anymore. It's first generation struggling. kind of, of 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 variable refresh rate yeah. technology. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd, I'd, well, maybe I've, I've good, spoken before. Good timing, because yeah. uh, maybe yeah. cards will start to get reasonable. Yeah, at the same time. comparatively reasonable for sure. <laughs> Mm. I've, I've spoken before that if I need to do this machine, like the rest of it needs to go first. Like I'm, I'm good for hard drives, but uh, um, but just um, like loading it with um, yeah, the CPU's aging a bit now, which is a bit of a problem for video stuff, and some of my music stuff now taxes it on occasion. <laughs> Your problem's always been the music stuff, just getting that to function. That's not necessarily a function of the PC, really, the as much as the. Operating system, I guess. Well, yeah, and that's part of the reason I don't ever update my Windows. <laughs> well, I update Windows, but I'm not going to replace that drive. I'm not going to replace that OS because it's the OS, the very OS we're recording on right now. That install, because um, there's, there's just too much on it. That would hurt. That would really hurt. That's probably a week's worth of work just installing shit. <laughs> mm. That's definitely a very specific problem. Yeah, it is. Music production's horrendous. Yeah. It's all plugins. Yeah. And like, I, I actually came across a, a, a scenario which I, hasn't happened. Well, it does happen occasionally, but I wasn't expecting it to happen this early. Well, I loaded up an old project because um, I had to make some tweaks for a. It's not that old a project, I suppose, because it was an OC remix thing that I've been involved mm. with that like, it's like, oh, if, like, could you make some tweaks in this uh, this way? And it's like, yeah, sure, fine. I'll go do that. Um, but this is something I made, like I think, like two years ago now, and that project kind of stalled anyway. So I reloaded that project, and it's like, oh, this doesn't sound right. What has happened? <laughs> like, yeah, plugins, I guess. Plugins and software updates are like, something has gone wrong. So I end up having to re rework a, a, a decent amount of how the effects chains work on some tracks like the snares all sounded horrid certain instruments didn't play anymore <laughs> and it's like what is happening <laughs> yeah music production it's a nightmare like it, it's flash in the pan it will happen once and then you better damn capture it <laughs> like they need they need mod managers <laughs> like games do yeah <laughs> I, I guess they do <laughs> except not the other version of mods that's got old school Rob. <laughs> I mean, I've heard plenty of like producers just be like, always be recording. Like whatever you're doing, just have something recording what you're doing. Oh yeah, I mean, constantly export a different version. Yeah, just just in case you prefer it and or, you want to go back. Yeah, just like well, even when you're just supposedly when you're just dicking around with a synth, like I normally try to tackle like capture a specific sound right i've got this idea in my head and i'm trying to nail it down all right but, in case you like change the setting by like a point a tiny percentage and between two different versions yeah, it yeah. sounds completely different and, and, you, and you break it. yeah and you break it um 
but not only that, every now and then you get the happy accident thing, right? Where you, you fuck up a setting so badly that it creates this bizarre, awesome noise. And it's like, damn, I'm never going to be able to recreate that. I wish I had a sound recorder running. I still don't do that. I still don't follow my own advice because it's then a pain in the ass to go back through the recording. But <laughs> says the person recording this podcast. Yeah, like, recording this podcast to do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> it's only sometimes a pain in the ass to deal with our with our podcast slash video recording output. Yes, I've intentionally kept tried to keep this process as simple as possible. <laughs> Still not the easiest, I suppose. It's not. No, it's not the simplest way it could possibly be. I could just upload it live or whatever. Or, <laughs> yes, you can record it on TeamSpeak like we used to at one point. Or somehow try and figure out some um, live effects chain, right? So this is all. So it's all mixed into a final file just as we record. I guess I could figure that out. There's probably ways to do that. Um, I mean, there's definitely to ways that, to do though. that. But no, it's I prefer like that's risky. Exactly. Yeah, if something goes. Edit the individual parts. Exactly. If something goes wrong, I want to be able to, like, I'll do it in post. Yep. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, news, I guess. I, I got <laughs> rambled. News. <laughs> news. What's going on in video games? Video games. Oh, and you also missed me saying. We were talking about video cards. There, there seem, does seem to be some craziness around new video cards kind of. with NVIDIA well, unlaunching yeah. their product. Yeah, that is, the, that is the, the term they used as well. We're unlaunching Clever. the 12 gig 4080. Um, they're still going to sell the 16 gig 4080. Um, and the 4090 is still coming. Uh, but yeah, the cheapest one of their new offerings is not going to launch. Which has? But are they going to do a forty seventy then? I mean, they, I, I mean, history suggests they will. Yeah, and it's 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 weird because the twelve gig forty eighty, which theoretically has the exact same gubbins as the sixteen gig forty eighty, other than obviously less GDDR VRAM, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, was actually clocking in at quite a lot slower somehow than the 16 gig so like maybe they'll right. just rebrand that as the 70 anyway um but do it at a slightly maybe. later date um but yeah initial reports were like surprising uh i guess in terms of the performance difference um mm. but maybe that's the problem maybe that model just had a straight up error uh after it got analyzed by people and they're like yeah maybe we shouldn't maybe <laughs> So you think they might un- unlaunch it <laughs> as the forty seventy? <laughs> yeah, they might. They might relaunch. Yeah. I mean, what's yeah. I mean? I, Nvidia Meanwhile, probably follow people... the same process that a lot of people do with like processors and chips in general, right? Where it's it's about yield. Like the best yeah, chips yeah, yeah. that come it's out of the binning, factory. Right? One, yeah, the best chips yeah. that come out of the factory go in the more expensive gear, and the chips that have yield problems, like well, not every part of not every part of a chip works, right? They don't come out perfect. Um, that's like there are there are sectors and things like that that are just a bit busted, and they turn bits off to cover those up. And as long as depending on where that threshold is, that chip can then be graded and then sold as a different model um, mm-hmm. to keep the manufacturing process as like one single thing. Um, so weird, isn't it? It is weird, but um, 
that's just the way it works. But yeah, yeah and, and I wonder if the 12 gig 4080 was effectively that. They, they were they were lower yield chips that then perhaps were quite a lot lower yield than I think they expected, and maybe they'll just repackage those into a 4070. Meanwhile, they're launching the 4090, right? <laughs> Which is getting reviewed. The lunchbox. It's <laughs> <laughs> so massive. <laughs> I can't believe how expensive it is as well. Borderline. It's actually cheaper than the 3090 Ti, though, I suppose. But a lot more, right? That's like two grand. This is like faster. And and it's only 1,700 pounds. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's more than... Now I saw the pictures of that, how big that thing is, how heavy that thing is, and the power draw of that thing. It's just like, yeah, I'm can understand the worries that PC makers might have of like, how do I put this safely into a case? Like, you're gonna surely case manufacturers are gonna have to come up with some more struts and more designs, and maybe motherboard manufacturers are gonna have to come up with like allow for way more space for these cards for like like space their pci slots out even more somehow although in fairness who uses more than like one maybe two pci slots like well i mean the trouble the trouble that even i had all, all the time when i've been ypc it's only like a 670 or whatever it still obstructs the uh, the second pci port directly below it like i yeah, have to yeah, have yeah. a gap between that and my network card oh right yeah because you're running a network card yeah, I suppose because my motherboard doesn't have wireless on it as well. I've got like a, I've got a little dongle I can plug into the back if I want that jazz. But, but yeah, even back then the graphics cards were getting thick enough that they would obstruct certain other cards if they had you know taller chips on or whatever, or like the network cards where they have the the, the actual aerial interface sticks up off the board. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, like. That's always been a problem, but now you... I mean, then they, then you had the second tier of that problem where they were just like, just have two graphics cards and they can take up even more space. Yeah. And now we just now we just have one graphics card, but it might as well be two graphics cards. I still do. I mean, SLI is still a thing. Yeah. It's still doable. I guess for Absolute mon- madness. I guess for mon- like systems that power like three or four monitors in some crazy setup. Like, well, for... Um, the Ultra kind of surround sound um, racing game stuff. And, yeah, or maybe you just or, need them to power like the giant monitors, like with crazy high, wide resolutions. Mm. I think we're on 4K is still tough for a lot of systems, but uh, like proper 4K with all the quality turned on, which is, I guess, is what these cards are oh, yeah. to try That's and tackle. For. Yeah. Yeah, good luck with uh, Cyberpunk at that kind yeah, of. Yeah. Although DLSS three is like around the corner or is launched or something like that, Digital Foundry have a thing mm. on that that's you know they're supposed to compete with AMD FSR uh, two. So like uh, DLSS was the first, but FSR has caught up quite a bit, and so DLSS three is supposed to be even better. You know, uh, temporal reconstruction, uh, yeah, stuff, which is hella impressive, but it's not the same as running native. Man, come on. <laughs> Push those pixels. <laughs> Push them real good. That's graphics card news. Graphics card what, news. Uh, what, what about gaming, game gaming news? Gaming news. Uh, all right. Well, we should probably talk about the Super Mario movie. 
<laughs> sort of gaming, sort of movies. <laughs> I guess so. That, that would have been the transition from our random section if we talked about any other movies, but this yeah. one will do. Meme news. Uh, I mean, the first thing I saw before I saw the trailer was people complaining about his flat butt. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing Mario I saw. Mario has no ass. <laughs> I mean, when he jumps so much. Yes, it makes sense. I mean, his, his design is... It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, I don't have a problem with any of what I've saw. I'm going to put that out there. It's like, I actually think this is probably going to be quite a fun film. But Yeah. Like, for but, kids, like, but, yeah. Yeah, but if you... If Mario's design like is, like... They've definitely unfattened him, but they've also somehow normalized him in a in a sort of mm. animation way. Like he doesn't he doesn't look quite as Nintendo y as I was. Well that's what I was saying. No, I was just like I was true. looking at it and trying to work out what it was. And I think it's the eyes are like The eyes are weird. The eyes have been squashed down to make them less because Mario's eyes normally are basically vertical ovals. Mm. And they in this version they've been squashed down. But still not into, like, human proportions where they're actually wider than they are tall. They're, Mm. like, sort of trapezoid almost. (laughs) They're, like, they still still go up, but they're, like, more squashed down. For some reason in my head, they they make it look like, um, I mean... Who's, I mean, the guy, the guy from SpongeBob, right? The, the crab guy, right? Yeah, like crab guy, crusty crab's eyes or whatever, just slapped onto Mario's face, like something. Just they're not perfectly like round or elliptical or whatever. They're sort of like thinner at one end and fatter mm. at the other end. I sort of sort of get that vibe somehow from them. But like, so it's like they're some they're somehow managing to make things look Nintendo enough, but also like normalizing it towards illumination and, you know, I guess Pixar-y mm. style. I get a Wreck-It Ralph vibe well, kind yes. of from the look. Well, I, that's which, even I said, though that's like, Pixar and not like, uh, sorry, that's not even Pixar, that's Disney animation. Yeah. and Because uh, um, that's what I said. When I, the, the, the other comparison that I had on Mario's face was that he looks exactly like the NPC dudes from Wreck-It Ralph, from the Wreck-It yeah, Ralph yeah, yeah. game universe. <laughs> Those little dudes. That's basically one of their faces, just on Mac. Yeah, yeah, it's got similar Felix. I think we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, it is strange. It's just that one shot they show where it's like we're about the ass thing, right? Where it's just like, well, like why it's from the, the ass thing? Like, yeah. yeah, why is it, why is it, why is jeans saggy? Like Mario's supposed to be rotund and fill those boys. Well, well the real <laughs> the real question that we're apparently maybe going to be coming up to is why is he wearing that shit in the first place? Because it's looking like this might be some goddamn origin story, which it is totally going to is. be really like we're going to recanonize the stupid Mario origin story. Is he actually from Brooklyn? Are we going I mean, for this for real? That doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's totally from Brooklyn. They're going to stick to that, and it's all... a, he's doing a slight Brooklyn. Is he though? No, it's not even Brooklyn. It's like an it's like a New Jersey Sopranos accent or something that he's slightly doing, isn't it? It's like it's like um, Chris Pratt by way of Paulie Walnuts. Here we come. I mean, I like that the, 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 he sort of tried to put a little bit of intonation. He's got in something that in there, yeah. yeah. He's not just he's not just a hundred percent Pratt. No, it's just quite <laughs> far too much, maybe. Yeah, quite subtle. <laughs> Also, shout out to my penguin brothers. Well, what I, <laughs> yeah, awesome. uh, what I said about it when we talked about it the first time is just like I didn't. I wasn't feeling any of the voice acting from the actual like main cast except for the penguins. The penguin, the penguin guy is amazing. <laughs> that just that whole. Do you 
yield. <laughs> That's the best. Is it just the penguins? Uh, uh, remind me of where they. Obviously, they're the penguins from Mario sixty four, yes. right? Mm. But do they appear anywhere else in in, in the Mario verse? So. <laughs> no, we, we were wondering whether right. they turned up in Odyssey in the snow level. And, who, but, uh, and who's in Mario sixty four? It's just it's just like the the big one and the the looking for the baby, right? Yeah, and, the, and like the one you race on the slide, I guess. And the one you race, right? Yeah, they must have turned up in the Mario parties somewhere, right? I, that was my other guess. There's, there's mm. got to have been an icy level that they, but probably not anything more than background. Even maybe a store that you can talk to. I mean, yeah, it's been ages since I played one of the new Super Mario games, so maybe they turned up in one of those. Or, yeah, or I guess there've been ice levels in the newer Mario games that have had penguins in, but or, not like or land or not, but not like or one of those the penguin games. civilization or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, there was yeah, really yeah, like, exactly. That's the thing that's new, right? I don't think. Yeah, you ever seen Kingdom of Penguin? Like, is that not the mushroom kingdom? Is this the ice kingdom or something? Are we going that route? Are we get to see the, Who are the guys kingdom? in the icy <laughs> kingdom in Mario Odyssey. Who, it's just called the I- ice kingdom, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's called they have a race, Shiveria, they? I think. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> but they, yeah, their race is like the fat seals. Yeah, the seals, right? <laughs> right. Not the penguins. I mean, maybe we'll see them too. Maybe, maybe. like. Some other part of the arm of that area that then gets trounced by Bowser and his floating volcano. Yeah, whatever that's about. Well, because it's badass. <laughs> that's all it's about. Hey, we didn't get to hear a lot of Jack Black, but like, I don't know. That, that sounded he was fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah, perfectly it's, fine. It sounded too much fine, though. There wasn't much going on from my own perspective. I thought, who's going to stop me? I mean, that line was a bit left, but like, yes, because it's like, like, maybe it's not even in the full film. Like, I wonder if that's one of those lines, trailer just, lines. just in the trailer. Yeah. Just to lead into the Mario coming out of a pipe. Probably. Could <laughs> well be. <laughs> nothing, nothing too worrying about it. <laughs> I think animation looks well, nice. I mean, I quite like the meme of him, of him, like, you know, holding his chest <laughs> in pain or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's quite I, a good one. I will say my biggest gripe with the whole thing, and this is a minor thing, is how Luigi looks. I don't think he looked kind of weird, mm. like weirder than Mario weird, like just something like like I know he's supposed to have an elongated face or whatever, but it's just <laughs> well, is it just like because they've squashed the eyes, it makes the elongated face look even weirder yeah. because the eyes aren't taking up enough space any longer. Or maybe, or maybe the eyes were elongated. I can't, I can't put my finger on what's what's wrong with it, but it just didn't, like when he puts his back against that door and he's being chased by dry bones or whatever, it's just like, just a, you, you, can, you can keep that in the dark, Luigi. <laughs> we haven't seen Peach yet either. That's we haven't seen Peach. Uh, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, right? I seem to remember. It'd be funny if they modelled like Daisy on the uh, yeah live action Daisy? one. I don't know. I don't, I'm not even convinced Daisy's even in it. No, I don't think they even ever mentioned that. It's Daisy, and there isn't in the Super Mario Brothers film. Well, it? yeah, that's that was the thing about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was Daisy Peach. and not Peach. It wasn't yeah. Peach. Yeah. I am Daisy. I hope uh, if Daisy's in it, I hope that's her only line. <laughs> not gonna happen. Come on. I am Daisy. They're not going to make that reference because that's not even a reference that Nintendo acknowledges ever. Because <laughs> it wasn't a reference to anything in the first place. 
that come from? Yeah, exactly. Like, Where did that come from? That must have been Double Dash, right? Yes, like, it, was. Like every time, it was. Every time you switched between yeah. the front and back seat in Double Dash. She would jump in and go, hi, Daisy. <laughs> Was Double Dash was Double Dash straight Nintendo or was that one of the other sub-developers? No, I, I think that one is straight Nintendo. Because <laughs> I know Namco help out a lot with the last few Mario Karts. Like Namco are like a co-developer on Mario Kart 8. Right. And, um, and, and the arcade machines, obviously. Yes. Namco actually had their fingers in Splatoon. In that lot, in the, in this one as well. Oh, really? Yeah, they were in the credits. <laughs> Spoilers for what I'll talk about later. That was that was it though. They just, they just got, got a credit. They got credits. <laughs> yeah. We talked to Namco at some point during the development process, and they have to have a credit. Secret Pac-Man Cario. <laughs> I don't know. Black Man. Uh yeah, all right. That's that's Mario Bros. Uh, also, uh, yeah, just like they're calling it the Super Mario Bros. movie. I, I guess we probably already knew that, but I'm still a little disappointed. That's what they landed on. I mean, maximum brand awareness, I guess. But <laughs> well, and if it does turn out to be origin story, I guess it that's what makes it more appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't like anything with like movie in the title. I think like. We're a film, yo, so we're calling it the film. It's almost like when video games are called, like... A, the game of the movie or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> something, 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 colon, the video game. I suppose Scott Pilgrim did that. Scott Pilgrim versus yeah, so that the was world, colon, the video game. Yeah. <laughs> that was intentionally that way on purpose. <laughs> Or Street Fighter the movie, the game. Yeah, that's the <laughs> classically bad. Song. I don't even know if it's actually fully called that, but that's just in my in my own head canon. That's what it's called. Uh, all right. Uh, Meta have announced new headsets. Well, a new headset. <laughs> Theoretically, two, but the other one didn't exist. Yeah, Quest Quest Three is apparently coming, but they didn't talk about it at, at their Connect event. Uh, but we did get to see Quest Pro. Um, that's an expensive headset. How much is it? Aren't they, don't they need to loss lead these things because no one actually wants to go Maybe to them? They've like, given up on that plan. Apparently, yeah, that doesn't appear yeah. to be their their approach from now. The, the Quest Pro will be about fifteen hundred pounds. Right, that is a lot of money. That's putting it into like above Valve Index money. But maybe that makes more sense if the device self-powers, I guess, and you know runs its runs stuff on the device, which the index can't. Yeah, so it's fully um, untethered, right? Yeah, all the processing on there. Yeah, and it'll be more powerful, yeah. and it's got a lot more resolution, and its tracking will be better. Yada yada, everything you'd expect. And they're mounting the battery pack in a way that onto the strap, so it's balanced, and everything right. you'd expect. Like good, all good things. Um, in a weird way, that's not why I'm talking about it. <laughs> the whole thing about the meta thing was that they uh, demonstrated that they now have leg tracking as part of this thing, so it can see your legs and then would uh, put those into whatever meta is. So everyone's not... You're not a floating torso anymore. You've got legs. 
Turns out that was bollocks, and they had uh, right um, that that was just a target, like uh, that again in, in that they showed. It's like the re- that some of the demonstration was prepared by mocap, and it's like okay, great. So hmm, don't do that. <laughs> just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. don't totally cheat it or like uh yeah fake it at least microsoft capping ahead of times at least like yeah. what 15 10 15 years ago microsoft showed off connect by being like hey here's the bottom of your foot and it glitched out quite a lot <laughs> yeah but that like that was like everything at e3 just glitched out constantly <laughs> yeah it wasn't necessarily anything to do with the technology Man, it was other, the atmosphere of e3 other than that milo demo which was you know just a video well that's true 100 percent fake 100 percent Molly knew. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much the end of Molly knew at that point. <laughs> not quite. I mean, he lasted well, a little yeah, bit longer than a that. A little bit longer. Yeah. Have a cube and whatnot. You were chipping oh, away no. at that cube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you could argue that that and was it Godicus? Was it that that uh, the, the fall oh, yeah. thing that was yes the populist a, thing, a disaster. Um, that was the end. That was the end of, yeah. of Molly knew. What is he actually doing? Nothing. I think I looked it up like not that long ago, but he's he's, he's about somewhere. That's the that's the worrying thing. He's like I think he's, he's still in the, in the industry, but like the gaming ether. Yeah, for what he's doing, I don't. He's giving the occasional talk at the the game dev conference, whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. I, I, spoke mean, to, I spoke to a developer a few months back, like about you know used to work for Molyneux. It's a, there was some interesting tales. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Uh yeah. Anyway, so that was a that that was a thing. Like I, I guess, like fine, like leg tracking from with inside out tracking, like on these headsets. I couldn't believe. I guess if you're a slim build and it can see from the headset to your feet, it's like yeah, I could I can see that potentially. Maybe it can do some work from the controllers, but those controllers look a little bit different as well now because they don't have the halo on them. They're just they look more nunchucky than than I guess they have been in the past. Um. You know, mm. I don't really know why why you need leg cracking at all. Like, surely you just inverse kinematics and that will be fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's still I guess already it's... tracking essentially where your body is via the head and hands combo. I guess so maybe just extrapolate it down. Yeah, I guess you could animate it. I, mean, I suppose it's different. Like from like not your actual mannerism is like you know it I mean, it would, figuring it, it out. It but... wouldn't work for you to see it, right? If it was just simulating it. Based on your position, no, that would, that would, and you were trying to walk. It would probably confuse you if you that looked might, down. That, that might be quite weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, but then like I, I can sort of see why they want it. they they want to recapture that some of what Connect was doing. Honestly, like that's that's why they're doing it. They're like, okay, yeah, they're focusing on the social aspect, but it's like people just want to kick stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Just wait until we get actual. I mean, they obviously need to do what Nintendo did and give you a leg strap, and then you wear the controller in there. Yeah, yeah. And then it can really sense your leg, and then you kick things. Yeah, <laughs> and then you kick things. <laughs> I saw these things. Um, I can't remember where 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 I saw these, but like um, uh, these shoes you can get that are a bit a little bit like like Heelys, and that you can mm. um. I, 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 they, they sound super dangerous to me, but like, like they, they, you're wearing shoes with wheels on, and they, and it's something about like you move your feet, and that translates to locomotion in the game in a more 
real feeling way. It's just like an inverted version of the like Omni treadmill or whatever. Kind of, yeah. Except it's attached for, to the I, shoes rather than being a thing you stand on. Except I guess I have to be a little careful because you're effectively wearing roller skates at that point. Oh, yeah. And it's like <laughs> roller skates in VR. Oh boy. Um, I mean, it would work great for like a skateboarding game if you all just wore one of them. So oh, you yeah, could yeah, actually yeah. push along the floor and oh. have that translate directly to the momentum. Yeah, that could be pretty bad. <laughs> um, except, except markets have already proved they don't want that. No, no one wants real skateboarding. <laughs> no one wants Tony Hawk's skate. Which, as it turns out, might now, like branding combined, might actually be exactly what everyone wants. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was the that was VR news. There's a few other headsets about, as it turns out. Like Pico launched something that's like a Quest it like thing that is apparently okay. I saw I saw some stuff on that, and it's like, hey, that interface looks a lot like the Quest interface. It's like a hundred percent a rip off, but like actually, the the headset's pretty capable. <laughs> What's the state of the idea that of like? rendering at high resolution where you're looking with the eye tracking. Is that in any of the... Uh, Quest the Pro will support Quest that. Uh, right, okay. PSVR 2 apparently supports that. Does that? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Because that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because, like, it, although in fairness, like, my problem, like, with the... Uh, or at least the Quest 2... Uh, I guess this may be because the way I have to wear it because I'm wearing glasses inside the thing as well is that um, if I any anywhere other than directly ahead of me starts to lose crispness in the way those lenses work. Yeah. So it's like if I'm trying to look at a bit of HUD, say off to the side, and I move my eyes to do it rather than move my head, that's not always great. Mm. And uh, I think that's again, I think that's just because I'm spaced from the lenses a bit and i'm wearing glasses and i'm I'm not at the ideal position inside that thing i'm just not um no so so maybe that's on me but it's like i don't know a bit of me's well, like well it doesn't really me. matter like whether this, this ocular tracking thing doesn't really bother me because it's just like well i'll just move my eyes somewhere and it will be a blurry mess regardless like through lensing not through what's being rendered but i can see that it would be a potentially a good way to save power you know, rendering power. Hmm. Get it super crisp where you're actually looking and then degrade. Oh, assuming, assuming that that, like, the extra processing you have to do to cause that to happen doesn't cancel it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet, I bet there must be ways of doing it. Like, it must be like, like, you know, how dynamic resolution scaling just affects the whole screen. Yeah. You, you effectively just have to isolate certain parts and be like no actually here do resolution and you probably don't have to do that in a lovely in a super granular way you can probably do that in like chunks of squares of the screen a little bit like how um uh what do they call it like the light arrays that lcd screens use at the back of them now uh, uh local illumination i think it's called um oh yeah like the- how like what my tv's got um you know where it's yeah it's a, it's a grid of lighting zones um, yeah, with the local dimming or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's not a perfect solution. Don't get me wrong; there are definitely times where it's a bit wonk- it's a bit wonky. Um, but uh, I think you could get away with it in this case. Hell, most of the time you're not going to notice. Like that's the thing; it's just like that's the point. You're not supposed to notice. Like, wow. I mean, 
that would only be true if we were at the point where resolutions were actually high enough. Actually good enough, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not they're not high enough for <coughs> with a Quest 2, for instance. Like, I, I don't think the resolution that, that thing's kicking out is high enough for this tech. Um, but then again, the actual resolution it is processing is quite high, right? Like, yeah. it has to be high, but it's like... We're still not at the point where it's high enough, which is which is weird. Got to be way higher than your monitors. <laughs> Anywho, VR, VR. Uh, moving on. Uh, I haven't got a huge amount of news else, uh, like in actual game land. No. Like Dwarf Fortress is getting a tutorial. That's the kind Steam of Steam version. The Steam version, yeah. That, that Steam version's looking. I was sort of mildly surprised actually when I looked at that thing, being like, "There is more to this than I was expecting." Like, not more to it because it's Dwarf Fortress, because I know there's freaking ridiculous quantity of stuff because it's Dwarf Fortress. Yep. But they're putting more work into that UI than I was expecting. I mean, the fact that they had to make an actual mouse-driven UI to start with was going yeah, to yeah, do yeah. a lot of effort. Absolutely. Good on them, I say. Well. Assuming that it succeeds. Well, yeah. It, sound, it does sound like for all these years they've been working on it, it's been quite a struggle. And there's been some drama in the team as well, but that's not really related to the progress of no. the project. But. Well, I assume it's not a big team, right? No. Like, is it still just the... No, it's oh, not, it must it's be more than them. A, oh, someone else is doing <laughs> yes, it, is it? someone else is doing it. It's more than, more than the original two guys. Yes. I mean, I'm sure they keep a pretty close eye on the project but it's not them doing the main of the work i don't think well that's fine because they probably have to help them with how the yes. how the core engine works underneath yes, and then that's probably the main problem so the hooks for the ui can exist yeah can be made to exist no they're yeah dwarf forces Maybe we'll actually attempt. Maybe when the Steam version comes out, we should have another go, actual video. have another go at making a video that works. Yes, hopefully that would be much easier. Yeah, that would be cool. I think we should. <laughs> Although, do, would you need time to get used to the Steam version to, to be able to show it off? Well, ideally not, because it should be exactly the same underneath. But like, right. mechanics-wise, yeah, but I guess you won't be able to use your shortcuts. Well, maybe. maybe. I don't know what yeah. they're going to do about that. Because in theory, like, it should all be additive, right? Like, it, should, it, it still all functions the same underneath. So Yeah, but that just might be the logic engine. Like, everything on everything on top might I, I i think would have room to be jiggled around with and in fairness it probably should be like i think that, that accessibility should well, be I, get the feeling, I get the feeling that like the 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 market for this is like you don't want to alienate people who ha- who like the old version or not necessarily like but have learned the old version from playing the new version you want all their skills to transfer, their skills being navigating the goddamn nightmare of the menus. <laughs> so you probably still want all those things to work, but just to have this other option that works better. It's just like a Java to Windows Store Minecraft thing again. Yeah, maybe. Also, I guess sort of news of the, the it's like it's time for the Minecraft mob vote again, which I always find funny because you know. Whether uh, well, how about finishing all these other? How about finishing last year's ones? I still mm. don't think the goats are actually in. Right, yeah. In the real version of the game, I think they might be one of the current like experimental or whatever they call it. I forget mm. snapshots. But like, 
as usual, it's like, here's what we're going to be doing for the next whole year, I guess, because that appears to be how long it takes for them to actually get around to finishing them. Yeah, this managing Minecraft must be a nightmare. They're on so many platforms now. Well, yes. The update cycle must be a pain. But then, again, same breath. Like the argument you have to have to use when you talk about anything like that. But Fortnite, though. Well, and also, you know, it's not an indie company any longer, and it hasn't been for years, even before Microsoft. Mm. <laughs> and yet, there still only ever seems to be like three people working on it the, from the <laughs> videos that they show. That must be more than that. People that are there splintering off onto other projects a little too soon. Well, I mean, you know, they do have, they had Minecraft Dungeons, Dungeons. and now they've got Legends, that other new one. Oh, right, yeah, that thing. Whatever the fuck that actually is. <laughs> Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons got an arcade machine. <laughs> That's a slightly weird, but I could see like I could easily have seen a Diablo arcade machine. <laughs> yeah, could work. Depend, depends, like, like like how the credit system were. Like, if you die, oh, that's the end of your credit. But like, like, but then I pay for potions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. Weird to think about now, isn't it? Like arcade machines of console games. It's Weird. Arcade machines are talking. Arcade machines in general, weird. yeah. It's a, it's, it is a shame. And I guess not not actually video game news, but I just wanted to not actually talk about it, but mention the continuing ridiculous situation of Twitter. And Elon oh, Musk. yeah. Oh, that goddamn thing is still happening. <laughs> It's back on, is it? Well, I mean, everything's ridiculous at the moment. Yes. I mean, literally everything has gone insane. But so. this whole deal has just been, I've been like vaguely keeping up with, you know, all the lawsuits they've been having <laughs> over these last, whatever, eight months or whatever it's been at this point. Yeah. But the most recent point has been ridiculous, has been particularly ridiculous because it was like, so they, Twitter was, were suing him to, complete the deal basically they yeah were, on the terms like, that he agreed you can't to, pull out of this agreement you just have to do it and that was that seemed like it was going to happen that was like they were going to force him to, to buy twitter yeah you've already agreed to this there's no like there's no backing out you're contractually obliged yeah or and then but then he was like oh but i can prove that uh, that you're actually in breach of the contract and therefore i can get out of this contract and that was yeah. going to be a thing but yeah. then but then like the most recent round is basically now Elon Musk is like, okay, I'm going to buy you, so you, you we can totally drop all these lawsuits now. Mm. And then Twitter are like, maybe we don't drop the lawsuits and we just make you buy it through the lawsuits, just to be sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, which is like, that's a ridiculous legal position to end up in, where it's like, I'm going... I'm, He's yeah, saying, well, uh, that, yeah, he's saying that he wants to buy them now, but they're saying that they don't trust that he does actually want to buy them, so they still want to sue him to force them to buy them. And, and in fairness to Twitter, why would they? No, exactly. Like, unless, so he, unless he signs even more stuff to say, yes, this is happening, therefore drop the lawsuits. Yeah. I cannot I mean, see how that... that... That that lawsuit did kind of... He was trying to say essentially that, like, the the that lawsuit the outcome he wanted was basically a sort of less strict version of being forced to buy it. It was like, it was, it was going to be legally binding that the deal was going to happen, but it wasn't going right. to be this like super other, like the original lawsuit. He, way, he, didn't, he didn't want the original agreement effectively. But like, yeah, because at this, at this point, the, 
sort of theory is that like the way he agreed that he does now want to buy the company there's some sort of suspicion going around that like but he's going to fail to get the financing for it and that will give him an out an out because that's huh. not him doing anything it's just these other people that coincidentally are you know friends with him and giving him billions of money or whatever <laughs> so like, there's two, that's why Twitter doesn't want to let this lawsuit go because there's still like this weird yeah. back passage that he could use to get, escape the deal yeah but isn't his own funds his own personal funds enough to just deal with this not really well I mean maybe but he doesn't want to spend all his money I guess no. he wants to f- spend other people's money as well <laughs> so who yeah, knows what how that's going to turn of... out we're just continuing to like be stuck in this weird legal situation but I mean technically this isn't taking an unnecessarily long time yet like the Microsoft Activision deal still hasn't gone through, so no, I mean, we're, I, we're on like equal terms of that. I normally put people like Elon into like a into like a rich asshole bucket in yeah. my mind, but like normally they are business savvy in some way. <laughs> and I'm starting to get the. I mean, and in fairness to Elon, he kind of has been in, in in the past, right? Like on some levels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ha- hmm. I mean, this brings all that into question, right? Like, I think, like, it's always like his problem is the same problem of Valve and releasing the third game of a series. It's like he doesn't finish <laughs> things. He yeah. starts a lot of things, but then he can't commit. And, and except in this case, it's like that's happened too quickly, and he hasn't even finished the deal part of buying Twitter before giving up on it. Yeah, except Tesla. I will, I, I will give him all the credit in the world for what Tesla has become. That wasn't really but, him, though. Yeah, I, I mean, he bought it. I'll get. I'll, yeah, but, but. You could argue that without him, it wouldn't have become what it what what it is. Um, yeah, maybe, or maybe, or without his money. Well, yes, but... and arguably, and SpaceX, SpaceX are launching a lot of rockets. I mean, they have yeah, made it successful. A, it's very impressive that they managed to make landing a, a booster stage like a regular, normal thing, <laughs> like on it on its you know on its end. Has that really become normal, though? I still feel yeah. like, like they, they do it a lot, lot, but is it like really that useful yet? Or is it still just like to, to just prove that it works? No, I think it is. I think they refurbish them and send them up again quite a few times now at this point. I think that is quite a lot cheaper. Like it's actually manifesting in cheaper sure. launches. And it's less material and less space. It's mainly that, yeah. Yeah. It's mainly it's just it does save money to not have to. And they reuse their engines, right? They refurbish and reuse their engines. So it's not just the body of the rockets. The, the actual rocket motor doesn't get lost. Hey. Anyway. I, it, ta-ta. The, this feels the, like the, he was the, some the kind of, of drama. Yeah. Like he was on some, some amount of heavy drinking. Like this is, this is not... I mean, he definitely. I get a sense that he definitely went a little off the rails when he broke up with Grimes. Or yeah. Whatever. Um, I mean, I don't but, get you know. why you would buy Twitter. I just don't like. Has that company ever been profitable in any way? Like, <laughs> other than making like fake market share or like uh, like fake value? Like, uh, does it actually make real money? I, I don't. Certainly not as much as Facebook, but then it also seems to have more future than facebook somehow 
like a less likely to be just disrupted by like the TikToks of the world. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But it is a cesspool, though. <laughs> they cool. all are. They all are. I mean, I do still look at my Facebook, and it is. It has descended into. I would say about seventy-five percent ad to friend content <laughs> ratio. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's insane now. Um, yeah. that's not what I. That's not why I use that platform. I'd like Twitter. I actually go on, and you know, if you follow the right people, it's good. Obviously, cool. yeah. There's some fun stuff. Yeah, like uh, I like the good faces bot. That's entertaining. <laughs> Just post a random good faces. Rad, yeah, good faces bot. Like it just posts a random stupid face every now and then. <laughs> like from video games or TV or something. It's just like it's a stupid face. Here's a stupid face. As we know, Rob isn't all about face. I mean, ideally I should have more butts on my Twitter. I mean, I'm sure that's easily <laughs> I'm not, not sure that's what you want. I'm sure that's Twitter easily achieved. Achieve. I'm sure there's plenty but, of butt Twitter available. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Although no, 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 will unfollow things for me if she gets hold of my phone. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, she's done that in the past. <laughs> what? So the bots wouldn't last long, is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's the Twitter drama news, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Nothing else crazy happening in the world except everything. But let's concentrate on video games. I mean. A firmware update to smart things caused my little buttons that we have in the side on our bedside tables to stop working. <laughs> so that's annoying. We... Where everything in your house is everything is gradually <laughs> falling apart. That's the that's the nature of uh, these of of smart, smart home things. Yeah. yeah, think thing will eventually, you know, whatever service you're relying on will eventually, will eventually die. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in fairness, I feel like the buttons was a mistake. I think that was just an error, I, and I just haven't been asked to try the fix which is to take them off your system and put them back on your system supposedly supposedly but they what made me laugh about that was is like apparently this firmware update rolled out on a friday and like the software developer in me is going oh rookie no, mistake always deploy on thursday yeah <laughs> at least rookie mistake <laughs> oh well i'm sure i'll solve that I'll come up with something anyway. We were talking about, um, uh, I don't know if I've spoken about any of this on the podcast before, but baby protecting like important cupboards. And it's like, it's, I can stick a sensor on it and make it go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably easier just to put like some kind of lock on yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. Obviously, <laughs> yes. obviously we'll do that. Because no one was all like, it's just the cupboard under the sink. And I'm like, you know, we've got other cupboards. We could just move everything that's under the sink into a, into a utility room or whatever. It's into like, a more accessible cupboard. <laughs> into a, a cupboard in another room where the baby cupboard, might be. A high up cupboard, like out of baby arm reach. It's like... <laughs> Like the aerial ad, like put it high, put it high up with a click clack or whatever. <laughs> um, but I quite like the idea of just putting sensors on random doors and having them just going. <laughs> so you don't even want it to alert you. You just want it to be like a scarecrow. It just, just scares be- the baby away. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> sure it'd be better if the sound came from the actual thing well, yeah. rather than sure from some that. random Alexa. I'm sure it doesn't that. start typing a sensor and a mini speaker on every door. But then it doesn't need to be any kind of... put a massive Bluetooth speaker in there and just have a go... It doesn't need to be smart at all. It doesn't need to be connect- networked. <laughs> it's just a thing that makes it's a, a noise magnetic, with. magnetic latch. Hey, I didn't say it was a smart sensor. Just, just, oh, yeah, okay. Just, just put something in there make it go... <laughs> Anyway, that, that amused me. Well, thanks, House Grouse. Mm-hmm. Let's get, get that in there. Yeah. Got any, what video game grouse we got? We've got the Bayonetta grousing. Oh, yeah. I suppose we I could guess. talk about that, yeah. Um, so the voice, the original voice actor, actress, whose name I lost off my screen. That's not very good. Uh, is asking to boycott... Uh, for people to boycott uh, Bayonetta 3 uh, due to how little she was offered to be paid for her work. Um, and also she's not in it. Yeah, and as <laughs> a result why. decided not to do it. Um, and they recast Bayonetta as, admittedly, decent actress Jennifer Hale, um, who's done a whole bunch of stuff. Um, probably most notable for Femme Shep, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or at least with us. For uh, me, anyway, yeah. <laughs> One of the few video game voice actors' names who I know off the top of my head. Exactly, yeah. Baker and uh, uh, Helen guy. Taylor <laughs> is is was was Bayonetta in one and two. Um, uh, oh. Yeah, so apparently she was only offered like four grand in dollars, um, US dollars, to reprise the role of Bayonetta. And that sounds mental. It's like yeah. that is not a lot of cash. Um, no. And I don't. Uh, and, well, I don't know. It like, depends how much work they get, I suppose, and how often they do these do these types of jobs. In which case, if like if, they, if it only took, takes like a month to record every line for Bayonetta, four grand's probably not bad if you're doing it every month. Um, hmm. But it's it's still like yeah, I think it's that that, that feels immediately kind of like oh that's it that that doesn't seem high that doesn't seem high, mm. but not for this industry not for like acting i suppose and having such a pivotal role in a in such a big game oh yeah she's boycotting uh, she wants she wants you to not buy bayonetta 3 i right. hate to say it, I mean, but i think i might have a problem with that like, i don't I, mm, I don't think i can yeah <laughs> it's like i agree yeah, with her that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Like, that, that really doesn't seem right. But also, Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3! <laughs> yeah, that's what they're counting on. And also, yeah. hey, I mean, Jennifer Hale's pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> so she, now I'm intrigued. It's a weird one. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's definitely Goss, though. It's Goss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Grouse, for sure. She was grousing. It is Grouse. There is, there is Bayonetta Beef. Bayonetta Beef. Beef in the bay. <laughs> and is that the news just about? Yeah, that, that I think is interesting. <laughs> that PlayStation Stars thing launched, I think, but like I haven't looked at what how that actually works. Um, what is that? Their sort of loyalty program thing that oh. they're putting onto PlayStation. I don't know. Like buy stuff, get points, I guess, but also be good to the community, get points. I don't know. Hmm. Get digital collectibles for like a fake shelf or something. Whatever. 
I guess they wanted something to compete with Microsoft Rewards, which is equally nebulous and weird, but... Mm. Somehow Nintendo actually has the best version of this thing already. Do they? What, yeah. the platinum points? Or yeah. what do you mean the gold points, where it's just like... Well, buy... both of them. Oh, both of them, I guess. Like, buy stuff, get points. Like, if you buy something again, just spend them to reduce the cost. Yeah, and then the platinum points giving you random as long as you buy, As long as you buy from Nintendo Direct. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever got any of the points needed for like the stupid stuff that unlocks like I don't know like pictures whatever isn't that the thing where like the more of these like diamond points or whatever they're called like you can unlock like player pictures yeah gamer pics essentially (laughs) or the ability to customize gamer pics with like custom backgrounds and sounds more like a like ill thought out achievement system (laughs) more than a loyalty system well Achievements are kind of a loyalty system <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> yeah, well, no, they're more they're more of a hook than a reward. Badook. Everyone's after that adrenaline, though. Badook. <laughs> Not adrenaline, but okay. <laughs> endorphins. Yes, that's yeah, <laughs> <probably> <laughs> the endorphin rush from unlocking. You're getting adrenaline from hearing the achievement pop. That's probably a bit much. <laughs> oh. I suppose it's the adrenaline leading up to you at getting a certain achievement. Hey, don't kink shame. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, I think it's time for what you've been playing. Um, I think we better start with Rob. Me. Third Earl of Creeting. <laughs> Third Earl of Creeting. With my reputation. I wouldn't if I were you. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's talk about Splatoon, I guess. Let's start with the obvious one. Um, Splat them up. Splat them up. I'm still playing bucket loads of that. I suppose literal bucket loads, because I've been trying to, trying to play with the, the bucket, bucket a bit more. Um, uh, I'm still mostly doing Slam and Run more than anything else, actually. like Despite Slam and Run being a bit hamstrung in this version, compared to where Splatoon 2 ended up. like it's um, Is it not quite where it was because it's missing yeah, i mean it's missing like, it's there's not enough levels basically that's, that's right. been splatoon's that's, that's that's been salmon runs problem like there's just not enough levels always yeah. yeah um needs more maps um just a little more variety and like even though they added a little a, like literally a little more variety this time round it's like like it's still it is somehow not enough yet the fact that it's twenty four seven now means that it is enough for me to for me to always. That's always the first thing I do. Like I fire it up and I play enough rounds of Salmon Run to get like a super bonus, or maybe fight the King Salmonid once, and then I'm out. And like that can still take like an hour to do. So, mm. so I'm I'm still I'm still doing that more than anything else, rather than actually playing multiplayer, which is not what happened to me in Splatoon two. Honestly, I played a lot more multiplayer. Than I did salmon run in the original, and Zach and I like would would grind out salmon run in 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 local. Um, <laughs> well, sometimes yes, yeah. Uh, but I guess the thing I the thing I kind of want to talk about today is the is I finished the story. I've, I got around to actually finishing the story and the campaign mode, um, mm. uh, and how, how I kind of feel about that. And I think that the campaign mode might actually be. The weakest one they've done yet. Oh, I think in, well, in in retrospect, when I'm thinking about it, like because 
I thought that was going to be the big selling point to some extent of Splatoon 3, at, mean, at least from the original trailers. It I was mean, like, kind of. Uh, like, I mean, they got... A, in the first the first game, I'm giving a pass to because it was new. Yeah, and yeah. it was. Um, uh, but it had a had a it had kind of a progression in the first one where it's like I don't know they would introduce a new mechanic and then they would do things like that like that felt like the problem Splatoon three has is that at the very the very first level that of well not. I don't know if it's the, it's not the very first level, but it's the first level once you get into the campaign proper. They're just like, by the way, here's all the mechanics that's, that Splatoon 1 and 2 have had in the past. Like, here's all of them, um, <laughs> in, in one level. Um, like the, the, the start of the level literally has like Callie and Marie going, ooh, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and, and then, what they actually then build on is kind of they don't actually have I don't feel I don't feel don't feel like they have that many ideas like to really add on it. There's they they might have done everything that it's not as inventive as Octo expansion was in Splatoon two, for instance. Yeah. Um the 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 thing that I think I uh, bum Zach out the whole that you can't do every level with every weapon anymore. Uh in some cases, it's actually kind of restrictive. Like, so I don't think you can go into the one of the. I mean, I'm trying to count them in my head. One of the five boss fights. Yeah, there's only five. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the five boss fights and do them in a different way because you, you go into the hero with the hero gear. Um, and some of the boss fights you had to tackle a little different, or was like kind of interesting to try and do in a different way with a different weapon. Yeah. Mm. Um, in the previous games, and that's no longer a thing. I also think the boss fights are kind of weak this time round. They're not as interesting. I like the the problem with the campaign is that like it front loads and back loads its most interesting stuff. Mm. so like it's fine to get started and then you get a little bit of story and then you get the setting and then you landed in the setting and then and that stuff's all like quite well done there's there's a few cutscenes here and there da, 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 da. and then at the and then at the end you get like a like a lengthy ass end sequence where you, where you have to commit and do it in one basically there's no like um skip uh there's no like you can't save halfway through this thing you've got to go right we're doing the end uh, and then that's lengthy, and then that's also where a lot of the, a lot of ideas seem to come out, and that's also where they seem to throw the budget at for like um, having some cutscenes and some flavor and some weirdness going on. And don't get me wrong, the the, the lore part of it is is actually kind of I don't want to spoil it, but it is weird right. in like kind of the right way. Like it is it cool. is it is out there. Um, for anyone that really cares about the law of Splatoon, but it's like it's 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 even more bizarre than it has been in the past. But also, I think like I just don't think they do enough with campaign. Like like I feel like they needed to have more ideas. They needed to perhaps bring in some more weirdness that Octo had, um, and 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 add more. Just add more. Even if it was more like linear content, like story content, as you were going through it. Like cause I think they do that stuff well. But because it's like a ba- only a batch at the start and then a batch at the end, I found myself getting quite bored of the like of the campaign. Honestly, like going through it, it's not super long, but I still found myself getting a little bit bored of it. Being like, oh, do I really have to do another one of these levels? Okay, this- hmm. right? Yeah, I mean that's not a good sign, is it? <laughs> no, it's a shame. And like the ending just isn't is. Uh, <laughs> 
Speaking of Bayonetta, there's some stuff in it that, that felt a bit Bayonetta-y, or even a bit Sonic oh, really? Adventure-y. Like, well, in, like in, in the, storytelling-wise. In the weirdness of the finale and things. Like, it is, it yeah. is, it is properly odd and bonkers and, like, like it's just like what is going on right now okay <laughs> this kind of stuff and it's like that's fine i'm all it, that's kind of cool yeah, yeah. It, it's not quite as cool as what they did with octo like it's not it's not there but um uh but it is still there but as i say it's just a shame it's all at the back like they need if they put more into this i think they could have done something really really great um uh yeah and as a result i, I just don't think it's as strong as it well as it should be um mm. overall and that's a real that's that's a bummer it is a bummer um what i will say is and this is technically a minor spoiler minor spoiler there is a there is an extra level that unlocks once you do the campaign it is long it is hard as balls but it is one of the most satisfying things in the whole thing um to actually really? actually yeah it's 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 yeah. it has one of the sections has a real flaw in it, like where it's like, uh, I don't know, the the ink rails have a bit of an animation as they like appear and they start. And one of the segments has you destroying targets. Like there's a few missions like this where you have to destroy targets and the, the next rail doesn't appear unless you've destroyed everything. And then you just fall off and die. Um, right. but, the, but in this particular one, it was possible to destroy all the targets and then... Just because of the way the animation time. doesn't finish in time, and you can just fall to your death, so you feel a bit cheated out of it. Or, but or it involves a very very large jump, and you could be like a millimeter off from it, and like like just be like, well, that's not really my fault. I can't see it because I'm shooting at the goddamn targets as I'm falling down this. Anyway, right. that, that was a that was a bit of a sour note in it, but otherwise, this last level is is, is massive and has some of the hardest stuff in the game, and is legitimately challenging, and. And as a result, it's super satisfying to actually finish. Um, more of that, please. <laughs> like, where was this across the rest of the right, game? Right, throughout the guest of the game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, at least that's there. I mean, that yeah, gives at least you a tantalizing hint. But it'd be nicer if that was something in... I know Splatoon one or two that would then develop into something for Splatoon three, but we're yeah. already at Splatoon three at this point. Yeah, I mean, and and it's it's just it's just another example of of, of Splatoon three in general. It's like <laughs> not actually enhancing. The it should have been product. more. Yeah, it should have been more. It's it. I mean, it's still and it tears me apart because it's still great, and I still want to. Just talking about it, I want to play it. It's one of those, like, just the, the mention of it. I'm like, I need to go splat some shit. Um, but it's just, mm, mm, it's just like, I, I, guess, I guess I feel like with Splatoon 3, like a slightly less extreme version of how Overwatch people think of Overwatch 2, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that sums up how, I'm, how I feel about Splatoon at the moment. It's like, can't can't take myself away from it, but mm, they, they, yeah, they, they could have done more. They really could have done more. Um, so let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think what's best to really tackle here. Uh, Metal Hell Singer. Let's talk about that. Um, so that turned up on Game Pass a little while back, and that is what if Doom needed to be played to a rhythm? What like a um, I don't know, like a cadence 
type yeah, game. Kind of. So in your, first person. Your movement isn't restricted, but your shooting is. So you have to shoot to the beat. Uh, and that is basically that statement like sums it up. If you know what Doom 2016 is, <laughs> and you know what, uh, mm. and you can pull a trigger in time with some seriously excellent metal music, then. Uh, oh, nice. Then, then you're in for a treat. I love this thing. I think this is great. It's like I haven't played oh, it. Cool. I haven't played a huge amount of it yet because it's quite intense. So do you have to <laughs> um, t- you have to actually time your shots too. You the have to time your shots. Style. Yeah. Okay. So there's actually two games pretty similar to this. BPM came out um, a while back now on Steam, I think, and it's basically the same idea. Um, there and it almost looks the same. So like it's it's weird. Like there's two separate studios making two games that look pretty similar to each other. Uh, coincidence, Jennifer Hale is actually in this game as well. <laughs> talking oh, yeah. about Bayonetta. Wow. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, 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 and it's, it's, so yeah, they have, there's like a, there's a, there's, um, chevrons effectively moving in towards your crosshair in the middle of the screen. And when they reach a certain point, that's when you're supposed to pull the trigger. And pulling the trigger on the beat does more damage. Uh, and builds up uh, your fury multiplier and um, the fury multiplier, which gives you points because it's actually te- it's a rhythm game, right? So you're going for score actually. Mm. Um, as as the multiplier goes up, it introduces heavier parts of the track. So if you get it up to 16x, you're in like chorus land with all the vocals, like and all the screaming and the uh, stuff going on. And the levels have like fire that's going like, like, str- like, I don't know, I get like pyros at a stage concert going off in time with the beat. And it's like, this is rad. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so, it's just so mm. much, like, it just looks cool. And, and what you're, and when you're getting it right, it feels cool. Um, I will say, huge problem I had in the beginning was getting the calibration down. Um, oh, really? I found that it, it has got one of those like, like, run calibration yeah. audio and visual checks will make you tap to the stuff on screen but what i realized like i suspected this for a while but it turns out my rig had a huge amount of audio delay um mm. uh I, I i yeah i've been thinking this for a while since i do you remember like earlier in the year i said like oh i got surround sound working oh yeah um, i remember yeah. <laughs> with my xbox through my amp and through my t- my specific tv I think I've had it since then, and uh, like to, it was, it basically made Hellsinger unplayable because um, I just could not get the matching down. And that's because it was like I reckon it must have been like nearly a quarter of a second out, something ridiculously large. Oh my god, that's huge! Uh, yeah, and I can't believe I didn't notice it like for this long. It's like it's really <laughs> bad for me. Like, um, so anyway, I, I dropped my Xbox back down to stereo mode. Lag goes away almost completely, and this thing is like, oh, okay. This thing is a joy to play, but you do have to be pretty precise on your beat matching, mm. like fairly precise. There are certain Quite actions demanding. that don't work yeah. at all unless you're very close to perfect. Um, so you don't shoot if you're not on the beat. You do shoot, yeah. but you do much, much less damage. Um, I see. Um, and there's there's like a um, a glory kill mechanic like Doom where they'll go into a staggered state and then you have to click the right stick. But if you don't do that, that's what that's an that's an occasion where if you don't do that well enough, it just won't do anything. Um, and you'll uh, there are certain parts of the game that I think are mildly annoying. Like 
when you're not in combat, the game encourages you to still be shooting on the beat in order to keep your multiplier up. And it's oh, like, that's weird. I when quite nothing like, to shoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not shooting at anything. You just switch to like the most basic gun you have, I suppose, and just be like bang, 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 bang on the beats. And it's like, I would quite like to have a moment. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. I think it would be fine if the game actually allowed you to like, like have have you think it calmed down like for the fury level to go down from 16 down to one but it rates you at the end for how many of beat matches you did at maximum fury and how long you took to get through the level so like speed running is fine but like i wish i could just i wish the level had more the the main levels had more of an ebb to them like uh so that so it'd be like here's a fight let's make it go mad let's calm it down a bit now let's get into another fight and make it go mad like or do something really ridiculous and just like implement some other mechanics to do that are like more gentle like like <laughs> make it so that like in a doom level where you're just walking around opening doors but opening doors is still beat matched so you have to do that <laughs> yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. the combo going i mean technically you have to when you finish a combat <laughs> arena like a one wall turns into a destructible wall and you <laughs> have that. and you have to shoot it right but like so you are doing that on the beat i suppose but it's just you're doing everything on the beat like uh, you get rewarded for dashing on the beat as well, like a little a little side dodge well, and I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, that should kind of take over, right? It, like, like, like if they could have made the movement between the fights be a be a separate thing and just have that be the a separate rhythm game of some kind. Yeah. Anywho, like for for a short play session, I think it's rad. Like it 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 sounds good. It plays good. Um, I think I am going to have to turn up the brightness, though. It does seem a little dark in spots and a little tricky mm. to see things. But um, uh, uh, weakest part might be the boss fights. The end of every level has a kind of boss encounter. Um, and I'm not sure they play quite as well as just shooting shit on a beat, you know, <laughs> just like, and uh, um, uh, I don't think it will, the game will have many different weapons or things like that. It doesn't look like it's got. It doesn't look like it's got a huge amount of content, is what I'm saying. But um, mm. um, I'm only a couple levels in, uh, three levels in, um, and I've done a few of the. There are a few side challenges as well, but but yeah, I. <laughs> if you want to get a metal fix, this is a really good way to do it. <laughs> nice, yeah. What's it called again? Metal Hellsinger. Metal Hellsinger. Hmm. Cool. Okay, that's. I like the fact that they describe it as like it's it's hells. So it's like there's multiple hells and it's like in each level is a hell. <laughs> all different hells. All many hells. There's not just one hell, there's plenty of hells. Yeah. And they all involve shoot to the beat. Yeah. It's decent. It's really decent. Um having a good time with that. Uh I was introduced last night to Warhammer Vermintide 2. I see the strategy of trying to get people to play doing didn't pay off <laughs> not 100 percent. they've they've yeah they've drifted into well the main the main one of the cambridge crew who really was into Dirk but it hasn't been about for a bit like well, sure. there so he can drag more people with him but like yeah vermin tide seems to have taken over but like, it is sim- uh, you know, similar in some ways similar in some ways. <laughs> so uh for those that don't know vermin tide is a four-player uh co-op shooter um they're very much pulling from the left for dead playbook um but not quite with the not with the same vibe like mm. uh the most obvious difference like right from the off is that this game seems to prefer 
It's a bit like how Left 4 Dead 2 started drifting, I suppose, to the wind. It yeah. loves a horde. <laughs> like, it's just stuff coming at you all well, the time. That's just Warhammer, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just like hordes of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's very, like, full-on all the time, pretty much. There are a few moments of downtime, but it won't be long before a, a literal horn sounds and uh, uh, you're, in, you're in another fight. Um, but it's got a similar sort of structure. As, like, there are... Uh, I guess it's not like move, the movie structure of Left 4 Dead where there's like three or four stages, I suppose, within a within a camp. You're playing a single... A mission is, a, is like a level. You play a level, uh, like, on its own. Um uh, and you do that, but the, the, I guess the, the core, I mean, it plays pretty well. It's like, it's melee focused most of the time. Like there are ranged attacks, but you're often ammo limited. Um, mm-hmm. at least with the character I'm playing, like ranged ammo is a, I'm playing as the ranger currently and, or, or was last night. And they're, um, uh, yeah, ammo is a bit of a limitation. Um, so you're not doing that all the time. You're getting up and up in people's faces and spearing them. Um, uh, and doing a bit of blocking and a bit of parrying and a bit of shoving, and there's 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 quite a lot going on. I think it's quite a good looking game, which helps as well. Um, oh, that's good, yeah, yeah. So it's um, even with quite a lot of stuff on screen, I think it looked pretty nice. But then, like, I think I think I'm comparing it to Left 4 Dead too much in my head, right? <laughs> Left 4 Dead was a long time ago now, yeah. um, so of course it's going to look better than that. But um, I think this carries itself pretty well. Um, the I guess I guess the, the the key difference really is that it's got RPG trappings because Warhammer, I guess. Like, so you're not just playing uh, playing around and then being like, "Well, let's up the difficulty." You're, uh, I, I should say, the campaigns are kind of fixed levels. They're not procedurally generated. They're designed things. Um, so I guess it doesn't immediately. I'm thinking it probably doesn't have the replayability of Derg, um, but. Like it's um, it's doing some manipulations to be like this level's not quite the same as you did before. It's doing some directory type stuff. Mm. Um, for those familiar with Left 4 Dead, um, uh, but the, yeah, it's got these RPG trappings. So at the end of every level, your character levels up, uh, and that starts unlocking a talent tree. So you can start getting these boons to to like that that to help you out you're uncovering items to equip in different slots which will up your power level and up your damage outputs um and equally the game is scaling as you do that so as you're leveling up the uh enemy you're going to fight the stronger tougher enemies more often because your power your character power level is higher there is a general difficulty level as well so you can up it up it if you want to just generally face harder scenarios and gain more experience that kind of stuff so it's Mm -hmm. It's pulling the RP the new, the usual bag of tricks from RPGs, I suppose, to um to give you something to work towards. There's of course a cosmetic store and stuff like that as well. Blah 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 blah. Um, and it encourages you to log in every day, and you get free like you get you get money towards cosmetics like if you log in every day. Da, da, da. It's got a bit of that. Um, but generally, it, yeah, it plays pretty well, and I had a, I had a really good time with it. I ended up playing like a three odd hour session constant. <laughs> Like I also noticed that when I when I came back to my Steam at one o'clock in the morning and Robert only just going. finished playing, yeah. I was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> that happened." It went, it went. Um, yeah, it hooked me. It was, it was good. I had a really good time of it. Um, uh, I think the thing that's most interesting about it, and probably be, and I think is what um, the Cambridge crew do most often, is it has these like 
I guess the equivalent of Dirk's deep dive, but like these are really, these are quite long. Right. Um, it has this thing that uh, I, don't, I didn't actually catch what the actual name of it was, honestly, because I was like, whistle stop. These guys know what they're doing. It's like, right, I'm, I'm just joining in. You just, you just set things up. I'll, I'll just shoot things. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they they were calling it the pilgrimage, and that seems to be like a, a you play a set of levels in a row. But the only things that you get to take into the pilgrimage with you um, are your weaponry, and like any other stuff you've got equipped doesn't matter, doesn't care. Um, and as you're going through those levels, you have to find the upgrades in right. the levels. Um, so, but you're finding you have to find the coins, which you then have to spend at these upgrade points as you come across them. And those upgrades can be like, I'm going to enhance your weapon. It doesn't tell you what it's enhancing it to, but it says the power level. It tells you the power level of what you're going to get. So it's like you know it's going to be more powerful, but you don't quite know what it's going to be. So for the ranger, that's quite annoying because different bows actually have different ammo capacities. So it's like some of them only only carry 19 arrows. Some of them will carry 99 arrows. <laughs> So it's like, oh, if I upgrade this, I might get. I'm gonna get a better bow. I know that much, but it's like ammo is really quite a, a big deal for the ranger. As, as, as I feel like, like twenty arrows isn't enough. Um, so I'm, I'm equipping when I can the ones that have a lot of ammo, but you can't see that when you're upgrading. Um, but you might also come across things like like there are just boons like stashed around, and it'd be like like you can be like pay some cash, get a random boon, and it'll give you a random like stat boost of some description like oh if you headshot an enemy you'll gain a little bit of health or mm. some some other modifiers that happen the, yeah these the levels can have a random modifier applied to them as you're going through this thing there's it presents them in like a map so there are actually choices of the, the players can vote on which route they want to go like halfway through the pilgrimage there's a place to stop and just buy things with the money you've gained this actually seems pretty cool right it's like a like a how to do They've roguelighted the experience across multiple levels. Yeah. Um, and it takes about as long. <laughs> it, takes, it, it takes a long time, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I had heard that Vermintide was decent. I can now confirm yeah. I think it's decent. Can confirm. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's good. I wish, I, I wish the audio barks weren't quite so frequent, though. There were quite a lot of repeats. Well, that is a problem with Dirk as well. Yeah. Where like, these dwarves won't fucking shut up. And then they keep, <laughs> they're talking over themselves, even. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes that does happen. I kind of don't mind it. I, some, even though it's like one guy voice acting all of the dwarfs, somehow I don't mind it as much no, in, I mean, in Dirk, like, at all. And it's like, but weirdly weirdly here there were like certain conversations like they were talking about my character's name and like they were just quite like a several line conversation right i guess that is slightly worse when it is like a whole thing yeah i suppose it's a little bit all like the, all the lines in Durga are independent basically yeah I, I guess it's a little bit like the flavor stuff from left for dead yeah like that they throw in every now and then but they, they had this conversation in the lobby before we started a mission and then we started the mission and then they had the same conversation <laughs> again within like the first couple of minutes and it's like okay you mm, probably need to rein that in a little I think that's like my current bugbear of games, right? That there's just too much flavor audio. Too much flavor. <laughs> yeah, too much flavor. Too much flavor dialogue that's repeated. Yes. That, yeah. That, that's, come, that's come up a few times recently. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Give it 10 more years and then all the uh, AI dialogue will just happen and uh, infinite dialogue. No voice <laughs> yeah, actors. Think. <laughs> and it will be kind of uncanny valley of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. I realise I'm it's about like, to go into possibly playing Bayonetta 3 soon as well, where, you know, she kind of has that... Bayonetta's always had that problem in Bayonetta 1 and 2 as well, right? Where she's like 
<laughs> saying the same things as she's yes. as she's doing combos. Um, so I realize I might run into that problem again, but like, I guess it's less annoying when it's like a word rather than um, like constantly saying a, saying a whole conversation. <laughs> I was playing something that ha- I had that happen. Like, well, there was one voice clip. It, it was at the end of a combo. Oh, it was, of course, it was <laughs> Age of Calamity when I've been playing by myself. Oh, right, right, right. Where it's just like, I started noticing it more because it's all, all in my ears. I'm just like, mm. oh, every time you go to this part of this combo, he says the same thing and it's real dumb. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that happens with quite a few of them, right? Like... Yes. Some of them are more noticeable than others. Some of them have more audible words rather than just sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I think Koga's got a bit of random. It's not always the same thing. Mm. Like, but sometimes it's like you know when he falls off the 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 roll, running on the ball attack, and he just sort of get like if you if you fail it and you fall off, and he goes <laughs> not that easy. Yes. <laughs> but then some of his dodge sounds are quite funny, where he's just like Koga. <laughs> yes, which doesn't make much sense. <laughs> it's funny. Cool. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I will yield there until I can remember. I'm sure there was something else I played. But you played like, that anti-gravity racing. Shit, yes, I did. <laughs> That's what yeah. you actually need oh, to talk about. No, I really need to talk about this, right? Um, okay, so yeah, I played. I finally got around to playing, trying Ballistic NG, yeah. um, which is a love letter to PlayStation 1 Wipeout games. Like, it, it is outright just trying to be them. Um, it doesn't make any indication that it's not trying to do that. Um to the point where you can start the you know the graphics are styled on that like every every texture is pixelated and low quality and like low color and like just like they were back then you can even turn on the texture warping and vertex like jiggle jiggle that PlayStation 1 had um in the options uh and it's pretty authentic looking <laughs> it's got to be said it's pretty it's pretty good um uh and it even tries to it tries to match the 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 handling model of the more modern wipeouts but i think there is i haven't found it yet but i think there is an option to make it play like old wipeout if you want to as well um yeah uh and yeah it's it's pretty good it's got it's it's it is i guess for something trying to be wipeout this is the closest you're going to get to that and it, it is very close it is very close um and if you want to, like, obviously, Steam Workshop has a whole bunch of wipeout stuff on there that people have made. Mm. So you, you, you can just load wipeout gear into it if you want to. What about the tracks? <laughs> uh, some tracks are there. Yeah, okay. I've, I've played a few classics from um, from uh, Wipeout Three and Wipeout uh, Two, twenty ninety seven, or Wipeout XL if you're American. Um, I've played a few of those, and and some of the some of the vehicles and stuff have all been brought in. Um, I think the music is quite like. I, w- it, it, I think it's all been made for the game. I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure. Like maybe it hasn't. Maybe it ha- maybe it has. Maybe it hasn't. But it's got that kind of like. It's got that old school vibe. It's all. It's well picked. It's well made. Um, oh, you know, it's not quite as classic as those original soundtracks. Nothing is going to be the mm. Wipeout Three soundtrack in my head. That is. That is. No. That is. Top I mean, tier. that was a special moment in culture, wasn't it? Kind of where it was kind of coincided with all of that. Oh man, everything came uh, together for British Wipeout dance 3. culture. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I mean, yeah, Sasha and Chemical Brothers and Paul Van Dyke. Yeah. It's like, oh, what a sound, what a soundtrack. Yeah, um, and a lot of it was custom it was made good. by Sasha as well, with like four Wipeout Three, and it just works brilliantly. Um, yeah, yeah. Like that was a that's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, they do a pretty good job of that here. It's got a little bit of that audio mixing thing that I don't like that all anti-grav games seem to do now, where if there's stuff happening, it fades the music out a bit. And I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> I yeah. want to listen to this music. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a surprisingly good time with it. Um, I, and I wouldn't say it's like it hooks me like a modern anti-grav does, but as a, as mm. a throwback, but it's, um, it's really quite good. Um, the bit I really want to talk about, though, is it has a VR mode. Okay. And I was like, I haven't really tried pushing my motion sickness legs in <laughs> VR since I've, since I've got one of these headsets. I'm going to play this because I bet this is going to be at, this is going to be either at the limit or beyond what I can deal with. It is beyond what I can deal with. <laughs> Um, it's got a pretty good implementation. I'll give it that. Like the VR is good, but I felt pretty ill. I could not play it for very long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Like I thought I was fine. Like I'd, I'd done. I did a few races and like um, start to finish, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm all right. And then almost in, like a light switch. Like I did one or two more, and I was like, okay, I'm now starting to feel something. So I, I, I did what I thought was the wise choice, and was like, okay, I'm feeling not right now. I'm going to stop. The feeling of being bad did not get better or did not get like did not stop getting worse. Like it got worse oh, no. for like an hour or two after I stopped playing. It was like, oh, oh what is going on? Like why do I why am I not feeling it did eventually get alright and then I've started playing Vermintide, so it's alright, I recovered. <laughs> um But boy, that was mm. It was, it's, it's a little bit disappointing in a way. It's like I kinda I kinda knew I had I was gonna have a little bit of trouble, but to that extent, it was it was more trouble than I was expecting. I yeah, did just, I, mean, I, I did just lay on the ca- couch with my eyes closed for a while, thinking like I actually don't know what I can do right now. Like I don't, I just don't feel right. <laughs> right. So how do I get back to normal? It's yeah. like it's like it, this medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah, weird. Experienced. It was a weird exp- drug taker. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I'll never feel normal again. <laughs> That acid trip has just completely destroyed me. (laughs) (laughs) It it was a really strange experience. I mean, I'm glad I tried it, but um, absolutely. And uh, like, but I don't. I I don't think I could manage more than a couple races in a row before. Before no, no. It's it's good in a way because it now knows where my limits are. Well, like that's probably beyond my limits. I need to find something slightly lower. If I wanted to try like the whole racing game thing, like sitting in a getting the wheel out and doing a doing a racing game like i'm now slightly dubious about how well i'll deal with that well how much does the camera tilt like in that game because so, like the whiteout cars are well known for tilting a lot yeah so they so by default they they have a few comfort options for this by default they make it so the your view angles to the track not to the car right um so so your your view will follow the banks of the turns <laughs> maybe it's, it's still pretty bad for a whiteout game <laughs> maybe yeah um you're not limited to the cockpit view as well you can play it from just behind the cam if you want to right um which i'm not sure is any better but there are, <laughs> but the problem i had is like some of the ships i tried like the first ship i tried had like a transparent canopy which was nice like right. it made so you could it would wireframe it 
out and you just see like a center console in quite an annoying place in the middle of the screen i have to admit like maybe i'm just too short for whatever where it thinks my head should be but like the, the actual console for the ship was like right where i needed to see um but anyway uh and so that, that was all right. So the canopy would then move around you as the ship tilted. Um, but there was one ship I tried where it was just like, oh, we're rendering this in full. And it's like this bulky ass canopy, like that's not transparent. It was like, like fully, I was like, I can't see a thing when I, like, if I go over a jump, like I can't see where I am, um, and where I'm landing or what, what turn is coming up. Um, and that was a bit of a problem. Uh, so yeah, they actually add a little met, little little mark on screen saying what the ca- the cockpit visibility is like. They rate it, right? And be like, oh, cockpit visibility high. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of know what you're getting into. Um, they've thought about it. I think they have, they have other comfort options as well to basically just turn off the you know to turn off the tilt entirely, so the camera's always perfectly upright. And uh, which I didn't try, but maybe that would help. Um, and, and in fairness, in VR, I didn't try it with any of the PlayStation One gubbins on. Cause I right, bet, yeah, I that bet, would probably be bad. I, I, I kind of, I don't, I don't want to play it like that. But I want to load into a level and just look around and see what it looks like. Like, see if things are still jiggling. Like, or if they like, do they jiggle in in the world in place, or like, are they jiggling with the camera? Like, because right. every time you move, then it's all going to go. Look, <laughs> which probably means it's going to be doing that all the time, right? Because your head's never perfectly stationary. Um, yeah, but like, it's not. It's, that's not going to be how it works in that engine, right? Because it, it's not actually, it's not actually, it's simulating what the PlayStation does. It's not actually doing what the PlayStation does because it's it's going to be actually like modifying the physical coordinates of the vertex, yes, yeah, 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 not yeah. just like rendering it like it is. No, you're, you're you're probably right. It'll probably be the physical location of the vertex in the world, like is operating at a you know, it's not a full float or whatever. It's operating on some integer, yeah. Like, the precision isn't there. So it's not really um, going to be related to the camera exactly. Hopefully not, no. <laughs> but the texture warping is, right? Mm. Because the texture warping is all to do with how it goes off the edge of the screens. I might give that a go. I'm not gonna yeah, not gonna race it, but I might give that a go just to see what it looks like. Um Yeah. So I, I you know, I still haven't got around to trying things like Dirt Rally in VR. Um I think you can do with Dirt Rally 1. Yeah, I've not got Dirt Rally. In, uh, I don't think I have Dirt Rally 2. But, I think um, you do. <laughs> oh, do I? I think I saw it in your Steam list. Some, oh, it was on my point. Game Pass list at one point. Like, I don't know if it's still there. But um, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried now about trying that. Because it's like, maybe, maybe they'll get... It's, it's, it's Obviously, it's not as fast as Wipeout. And, and should theoretically tilt less than some of those options. And uh, I think one of the complaints about that people have about Ballistic NG is that the slowest speed, that the speed categories are a lot closer together. Right. So the slowest speed in Ballistic NG is actually like halfway up the wipeout tree, if that makes sense. But then the top speed is kind of like at the top of, like I guess Phantom. I guess it was in Wipeout, right? So it's like they don't they don't have the slow speeds. Right. Um. For some reason, I don't know why. It's a bit of a weird decision, if you ask me. Um, oh, I forgot, lost my train of thought. Just stuck in speed, stuck in speed. Anyway, Ballistic NG, it's worth worth checking out. Um, mm. I think it might be free. I don't know. My Steam has always had had a weird relationship with it because it's been in my list for since forever. But then for a while, it wouldn't let me play it. Right, and I don't know why. I don't, yeah. All right. Anyway, check it out. It's good. Good week for me. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, done well. Uh, and what about you, Zach? Well, I haven't played much, which is convenient oh. for this situation. Okay. Um, so one thing I did play was I I went back to sort of the demo of Against the Storm, that game I talked about before. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the roguelike city builder thing, but mainly because it's on Steam now. Because I played it on the Epic Store before, <laughs> right. and they hadn't released the demo onto Steam, and now they've put the demo on Steam. Also, the game's about to come out, so... <laughs> okay. So it didn't turn out to be an Epic exclusive. No. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. It does actually have an October release date on Steam as well, so it's going to happen. But yeah, I went back in there to see if anything really had changed in the demo. But I don't think much has changed in the demo, but I think they've... Since I last saw it, I think they've expanded what's in the actual game if you were in the early access part of it. Which I don't like one the one thing that I found weird that isn't in the demo but is mentioned in the like, you know, upcoming or whatever, and I think might be in the early access version currently, is so so the bal- the whole sort of balance of that game is you have the three different races and they have different requirements like the different races like different types of food or whatever so you if you're satisfying one of them because because of the roguelike nature of it you might not get the right buildings to make the food for every race so you have to balance that out with other things but then so one of the things that that is coming up is a fourth race and i'm like that's just gonna make it way more complicated right you're gonna have even more struggle trying to keep it all in balance because just like it's it's only like adding one but it's like adding so many layers of options that you have to manage i think that might be part attached to a difficulty slider or something well i'm wondering whether you'll always have all four maybe yeah, like maybe you only pick three but there are four or something yeah or so maybe that's just doled out to you certain certain challenges or... yeah or maybe like it's related to progress through the cycle of the year or whatever mm-hmm. maybe like as you get through, have you, uh, maybe you, you, the first couple of cities you establish only have three or something, mm. and then you get as you get later in the cycle you get more. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, and you then d- you discover them or something on your trails, and it's like, oh, now you got this guy to deal with. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, apart from that, it seems mostly the same in this demo, mm. which is good, I guess. I went and so I played it again, and I was like, oh yeah, I I think I probably might buy this game because. It's good enough. And I, I am kind of interested to see where it goes with them. Because like I said the first time I played the demo, it's like it does give you quite a lot in just the demo. Like there are quite a lot of different buildings that you can, uh, you know, a limited set that you have access to in each level. And there are enough of them that even replaying through the demo can give you quite different setups. Mm, right. But then like that's only the demo. So there must be more, right? <laughs> So it must get even more complicated. I wonder if it, like, <laughs> there must be more, right? It's kind of like just giving me like, the nostalgia trip to the shareware days, right? Where it's just like, there must be a bit more than it. And then you buy it and it's like, oh, there isn't actually that much more than this. <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm pretty sure, pretty sure there must be in this case. But yeah, I'm all, and then I'm also kind of interested to see how it manages the like complexity as you get deeper into the roguelike runs because like what you're unlocking as you progress up like the meta tech tree thing is you're unlocking the blueprints basically but in the in that roguelike way 
you unlock the blueprints, but then it's random whether you will see that blueprint in the next run or whatever. In the same way as like Gungeon or whatever, unlocking the guns. Okay, yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, as you unlock more and more of these blueprints, and so you the random pool gets higher and higher, does that actually just make it more difficult and awkward to deal with because you're you're less likely because it's the you're way the, you're less likely to get the, the just base useful stuff yeah you're less less likely to get the basics maybe and also like you're less likely to be able to build a whole chain because when right it does sort of like the as you progress through building the town at certain points through the progression you unlock a new blueprint and it does those blueprints do like progress themselves. So like the first one you unlock will be something basic like a harvesting camp. And then as you get further into level, you'll get the more complicated buildings like a brewery or whatever that uses right. the basic resources. But you won't necessarily always have the options that make those line up. You won't also always be able to get the whole chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you won't be necessarily a, get like have a horrible gap in the middle. Though. Yeah, you'll get so you'll get a missing piece. And then the, obviously Maybe you can compensate that by like traders or whatever. Yeah, you can but, just but, buy the missing piece. There to has to be ways gap. around that, right? Otherwise, that's a pretty yeah crucial design flaw. <laughs> like because that's why that's why I'm worried about like the more buildings you get, the more likely it is you'll end up with broken chains, right? Mm, yeah. So we'll see. Remind me, this isn't the one on the dinosaur back, is it? Like, no, that's Wandering Village. Wandering Village, gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, and you always had some, some more of a clue in it in the title. I knew you were building, there was some other roguelite city builder yes. thing. That one's slightly, that's slightly less roguelite in the city building aspect that, in that one, because it's more about the, the moving the village through the world thing. I see. Okay. Whereas in this one, it's actually the roguelite element is the actual buildings you get. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's an interesting idea, though. Yeah. I'm sure I'm, I get the feeling I may have asked this when you first talked about it, but like, do you think something like that would be a way to mix up like straight up sim games, like Sim City or whatever? It'd be like, oh, you, you haven't. For some reason we can't build police stations. Well, they <laughs> sort of, kind of started doing that, right? Like in Sim City Five, where they had the like expansion modules to the buildings, and those were mm. unlockable. So you didn't always have immediate access to them. Right. I, I don't think it was random. It was more like a progression thing. I see. Yeah, you had to hit a target maybe to yeah. get them. Or you had to do a specific thing. Because yeah. that was the way, that's kind of the way City Skylines does it, I guess, except it's not very restrictive where it's like you have to, you have to fill certain conditions to unlock certain buildings where it's like, oh, if you have this much industry, you get this industry related building. Mm. So you, it's sort of similar to that, but not as random <laughs> right i see but yeah that is an interesting idea i guess for the roguelike city builders yeah but as i said i think i said this at the time not even roguelike city builders well, no. just to see if like yeah, it was regular ones but i suppose you set those challenges yourself right if you're going to do that with those sorts of games it's like can i survive yeah. without this thing yeah and or, or in some cases with like city skylines it's like you can design around them and that's sort of a challenge in itself. Like if you don't want to have a shit ton of industry or dirty industry or whatever, do it another way. Yeah. And then you won't get that building, I guess, because it's not, you're not building those requisites. You're gunning that direction. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That's against the storm. And then apart from that, I've mainly played a ton of factory by myself still, <laughs> still continue with my solo space exploration game. And 
I didn't really rebuild my main base. I like augmented my main base. So my original main base still exists, but it's just got like, I just upgraded all the smelters and built them somewhere else. And now I just ship the materials in by train. <laughs> but the main thing I've been doing is just like, not realistic. Well, yeah, kind of. But the main thing I've been doing is just like preparing for mo- moving my entire base. Cause as I said last time, I was like, I was thinking about. I want to move to a completely different planet and have that new planet be my main base. But in order to do that, I kind of have to have a base to mm. make the stuff to be able to do that, which is why I was upgrading my original main base. But I was like, I don't want to completely redo my main base because I'm about to leave. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much time upgrading the main ba- the original main base to just leave and go make a new one. But mainly what I have been doing is basically just like making a lot of blueprints and stuff that are just sort of well, mainly I've been making blueprints that are aligned to a standardized grid, so you can just paste them down. I already had blueprints for, like, the rail network. All my rail network blueprints were grid-aligned, so you just, like, you have a straight piece and you have a junction piece, and you just stamp them down, and it just all lines up automatically, so you can just build railway networks really quickly that way. Mm. So I was was fiddling around with those and making, like, a few space exploration specific versions of blueprints like the artillery post where it's like it's it's a junction off the main train line and it has its own defenses and whatnot and then like i was getting ahead of myself maybe but while i was doing that i was like well i may as well make three different versions of my defense of like the artillery post that have different layers of defenses depending on how far i get into the game when the enemies get harder which is still way ahead of I like I still only need I the lightest design that I made is still more than enough. Right. <laughs> but I made like here's the medium version and here's the heavy version <laughs> for the future. Just in case. Although those might actually be portable outside space exploration, because I don't think they have any space exploration specific stuff in those blueprints. Right. I see. So I might be able to just take those, like the railway. Just take those into the future into future games. <laughs> but yeah, and then I made it like a tileable wall blueprint so that's all aligned to a grid now so when i want need to enclose a new area i can just stamp down a square around it real quick <laughs> which is useful for making new mines and then i'd also calculated and and made when i made these new smelting setups on the on the home planet i was like i can make these not necessarily as a blueprint right now, but in the in the style of a blueprint, like make them say they're sort of grid aligned. Just bear in mind where the grid will be, but I'm not actually going to worry about grid aligning them yet. So then, when I move to the new planet, I can actually grid align everything and then just. When you say grid line, I didn't realize Factorio had the ability to not be grid aligned. I assumed everything was like on a well, they're like a, a click a snap too. Well, of. yes, they are. It's all on a on a tile. It's a tile based system, but then. But is your grid like several tiles? Is that what you mean? Or well. Technically, it's like a chunk aligned. So, like, like in Minecraft or any other game like this, the world is divided into chunks, which is more to do with rendering than anything yeah, else. Yeah, sure. But like, so in fact, Oreo, they're like thirty-two by thirty-two it chunks of map. Okay, and that's sort of a convenient size for a lot of things, like the rail network. Like, technically, it's arguably slightly inconvenient for the power lines because like the large power cables have a length of 32, which you'd think would align perfectly with a 32 long grid. But you've got to connect them to things. Well, but because the, because the power poles are like a two by two grid, technically in order to reach between the edge of a 32 block length, the power cable needs to be longer than 32, Mm. which some mods do actually fix by like giving them a 32.5 length. 
which makes it just long enough to connect the 32 squares. Okay. But space exploration doesn't, but that's fine because I'd already accounted for that in my previous rail blueprints where I just have like an extra power pole in the middle. <laughs> and because it's a 32 width, it divides by two so you can have a power pole in the middle, it's fine. And it doesn't mess anything up. And it aligns with like the rail junctions and whatnot and actually makes it sort of easier to see where the middle of the tiles are as well. It's, it's funny that they've either... They've essentially introduced a problem that wouldn't be a problem. In real no. Life. Like, we, we did just, we just shorten the, shorten the distance. I mean, I don't know why they never did change it in vanilla. To, I think they changed it up to 32. I think it was 30 before. Or what, thinking you'd put the power pole in to get it up to 32? Or... Well, I don't know. I think it was 30 before, and then I think they changed it to 32, but that didn't actually fix this problem, which hmm. is the problem that people had with it. And then there's are there are a few things that are slightly weird on the thirty two. They just be like like shouldn't power cables just be sort of like again SimCity like where you can just sort of drag them out any length you want. Well, you have to have the poles to support them. That's the point. Put, put they the have to be a, the you can poles put the poles are, down like where you like, and they just have the cables suspended. Between. The cables can only be so long, right? Yeah, yeah you have a max. Sure. Well, but that's then, what the thirty two is. Yeah, but then you could, length. but then you could sort of like tailor it by having like I don't know like a twenty, and then like add things on, and like then it could be any the length you need for your design i guess that's not exactly how it works it's like the maximum distance between the power poles is 32 and then like that's for the large power poles that are only designed for long distance and then the ones which actually transmit to the buildings uh, have like nine range or whatever hmm. and, but yeah and then there are a few a few other things that aren't really suitable for the 32 grid alignment like the robo ports have like a 60 tile range i think so which is like not quite twice yeah, the 32 it's and it's like awkward. oh that sucks yeah put another one of those in the middle of every third tile or whatever <laughs> i haven't quite decided whether i'm going to commit to a full robo port coverage tile grid because the trouble with space exploration is in some ways it almost like in some ways it enhances the need for robots because like if you're not on a planet and a rocket crashes there and damages a bunch of shit and you're not there if you have robots there they can just go and repair it for you and you can like even like send the robots the materials if buildings get fully destroyed rather than just damaged mm. you can send them send the robots the stuff and have them fix it for you but the like counter to that is that space exploration also introduces a mechan well, I guess it's not actually technically in space exploration, it's in a one of the sub mods. Introduces a mechanic called robot attrition, where basically robots get killed by the environment over time, depending on how harsh the environment of the planet is. So then now you're having to think about, well, now the robots are gonna run out, so I have to also send extra robots to the each planet over time. Mm. So it's adding like another layer of the slight awkwardness of these logistics. And and also in the early game, you're like, but robots are expensive. Of course, but at this point, they're not really. <laughs> hmm. I'm way past the point where robots are expensive. I could easily just put as many robots as I wanted, but the trouble is having to manage shipping them everywhere. Yeah, getting them and maintaining them. I mean, arguably, that's not really a problem. Like, I could probably just send a thousand robots and that would be good for like hours, <laughs> many hours. And I probably wouldn't have to worry about it. Also, because the, you know they wouldn't be doing stuff most of the time; they'd be inside the robo forts, mm. but which it, doesn't degrade which doesn't them. degrade them. It's only right. when they're flying around, right? But yeah, and it, it tries to like balance it by by the 
hostile threat level of the planet is like inversely proportional to the rate that the robots get destroyed. So if you're on a planet with a, with a high percentage on the aliens, so there's a lot of aliens around, those generally have low robot attrition. But if you're on an empty planet, those have super high robot attrition. Huh. Weird. So you don't. So on those planets, it's like you don't have to worry about any kind of defense because there's no enemies. Yeah. Which makes robots real cool because you don't have to worry about you know and them flying into them. enemies. Yeah, yeah. But then the, the robot attrition kills them off instead. Mm. <laughs> and then obviously space is a whole other thing. I think everywhere in space just has high robot attrition due to radiation. <laughs> so using robots in space is automatically going to degrade a lot of them over time. Although I feel like. I maybe need to experiment to see how bad it really is because it just gives you a number and I've only ever had like, so the starting plant that you start on has robot attrition of one and that has like, I've noticed robots crashing, but it's only like, I don't know, one every 10 minutes or something. Admittedly, I haven't been like standing in my base just watching robots fly around. It's only while I'm there, it's like I'll notice one crash and it's like, oh, that happened. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know actually what the rate of attrition actually is. But then like a, a empty planet or the radiation zone in space has a robot attrition of 12. And I'm like, so how much worse is that compared to one? Right, is see. it like a literal linear scale or is yeah, it some yeah, other yeah. kind of? <laughs> is it 12 times worse or is it... Yeah, some some sub factor. So I might need to experiment with that at some point, but that I just need to get off this goddamn first planet at some <laughs> point. I've got these two other planets, and I've also, while I was redesigning my first planet base, I redesigned my like rail guns to be able to launch. I've I've now got nicely laid out rail guns that are easily duplicated by Blueprint to expand. Where it's like you've got the one set of railguns that launches all the uranium and stuff you need to make nuclear fuel so I can just drop a nuclear power plant on a new planet and just railgun the fuel into it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> that sounds safe. Yep. <laughs> and then I've also got another set of railguns that make that sends all the components for like the uh, planetary defense cannons that stop the meteor strikes from hitting your stuff. So I can just basically land on a new planet, drop a nuclear power plant, drop a meteor defense, have all the components to power those sent by railgun, and then that'll basically make that planet safe. Mm. So I should be able to do that pretty easily now. The only trouble is that... Well, the, it's it's a nice system in theory, but it is slightly annoying to set up because you have to manually... it's You have to manually target all the railguns because it's it's... It's actually a weirdly analog system for most of the way Factorio works. Where right, you, yeah. you like you open the railgun's UI, you click the select target button, and then you actually physically click on the view of the world where you want the railgun to go. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to make sure that that is into a receiving chest and not just like in the ground. <laughs> in the yeah. ground, <laughs> which makes it like not automatable in any way. Yeah, you actually physically have to in. Well, I guess you don't have to physically interact with it because you can do it from the satellite view. You don't have to... Your character doesn't have to physically be next to the railgun necessarily, but you do have to do it. <laughs> yeah. You can't just tell it, come to this chest and then, like, do it. Because normally a lot of things, in fact, where you just do by, like, naming it, like the train stations. All right. So if you have, like... If you want to send... If you want to have a multi-lane train station that can have, like, four trains, you just name all the train stations the same and then any train that passes through it just picks one of them. So whichever one's free. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's all like kind of automated. And that applies to the space explorations like rocketry as well. 
like if you name a rocket landing pad like fuel but you have multiple landing pads that are called fuel when a rocket is ready to launch that's targeting a landing pad called fuel it will just go to It'll one pick of any of them oh. <laughs> and that's that so yeah the rail guns don't work like that you can't like name the receiving chest and then have the rail guns automatically target pick or something. one to shoot yeah and the same sort of applies to the uh yeah, weird. I wonder what. Well, I wonder why that is different. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is that because rail guns are too convenient? Do they think? Like, well, maybe because the 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 actual way you have to manage the rail guns. Because this is the other thing that's slightly inconvenient about them is like they also don't have signal attachment. Like, because a lot of uh, like the inserters and whatnot, the arms that grab stuff have a you can connect a wire to them to send a signal to them to enable and disable them. And a lot of other buildings, well, I guess not a lot, a lot of other buildings, but a lot of other stuff in Factory has that connection. But the railgun building itself doesn't. So unless you you have to connect to the inserter putting stuff into it, or otherwise it will just keep firing forever and then right. overfill the chest and then explode it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because if the chest is full and it fires again, it just blows the thing up. <laughs> so, you, so you have to connect the inserter to the like circuit condition to tell it to turn off but then because obviously the receiving chest is on a completely other planet you then have to use the signal transmitters and those are linked by a named channel mm. so you like you name the circuit condition channel that it's looking for at each end the transmitter and the receiver and then you have to send the conditions through that and then i had the uh, the, uh, the like awkward problem with that is that like if the power goes down the signal turns off, but then if you, if for example, you've set the railgun to be like, if there's less than a hundred iron in the box, fire the railgun. But it won't know. But then if the signal goes off and the signal goes to zero, it's like, oh, there's less than a hundred, better fire. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so now, now I've had to like, on it would the have to be an and it's a, and it's greater than zero. Well, I've got the uh, now. I'm the way I've fixed that problem is on the transmitting end. I send an extra signal through that's just like the re- the power register signal, mm. and then on the receiving end it multiplies the actual signal by the power registering signal. So if the power registering signal goes to zero, it just zeroes it out, and then it realizes that that's happened, and therefore doesn't find the route. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the problem, and also the fucking signal transmitters take a shit ton of power annoyingly <laughs> that's the actual problem i've been running into because it's like i've settled on the volcanic planet which is closest to the sun in my in my system there's only one planet that's actually closer to the sun than the starting planet in my in this system it's because it's random so i settled on that and i'm like oh holy, holy shit solar powers are way better here not just because it's like the solar is 115 percent effective but also because like the day-night cycle is super short, so it doesn't require as many accumulators to comp- like the batteries to account for the nighttime part. Mm-hmm. So it makes building the solar arrays super efficient. I was like, great, that means I don't have to build a nuclear power station. Also, because there's no water, so I wouldn't be able to run the seam for the nuclear power without importing water, which would be dumb. So I was like, that's great. But then when I come to build the like the meteor defense rail guns that use a like 200 megawatts by themselves and then signal transmitters to tell the thing sending the railgun ammo it's just like this all adds up so i had to build a goddamn ton more solar panels and like maybe i should just build a nuclear power station in port water because space exploration also does give you a different version of 
steam turbines that use less steam like they they're called condenser turbines where they condense the steam after they've used it for the turbine so you get like most of the water back there's obviously a way to account for that problem you are still going to need to import some water but maybe not much (laughs) but then we're back to the same problem with the robots where it's like you are going to have to do that gradually over time yeah railgun it yeah i mean you can railgun water (laughs) But that's the thing about the railguns, where it's like, like now I'm now I'm thinking about the expense of the railguns because having to make the railgun capsules costs some amount of resources, which is why it's great for like the nuclear fuel, where you only need to launch one of those every however many hours because a tiny amount of uranium lasts so long. Whereas if you're talking about constantly launching something through the railgun, it's like this is getting way less efficient because I'm using so much making the railgun capsules. Sure. That's where you change over to rockets, but then rockets are almost too big. Where <laughs> it's like I've got this huge five hundred slot infantry in this rocket. That's maybe too much stuff. So yeah, I think I'm at the point. I'm sure I said this last time. I think I'm at the point where I could probably maybe start this new base for real. <laughs> I think I've done enough preparation that I should just be able to do it. I'm nearly there. And maybe it-, it will actually happen. And then I'm Months not, in the making. <laughs> then I'm not even sure what I need to do after that. The main thing I need to set up in a new proper base is like an actual high-powered like rocket maker. Like use a lot of resources to just make rocket parts as fast as possible, so that I can actually start using a shit ton more rockets. <laughs> Which is also one of the reasons I, that I've decided on the plant that I'm settling on because it's like it's high in oil, so obviously for fuel. So I'm just like I can make the rocket fuel here make all the rocket parts as efficiently as possible and then just distribute them all over the place, hopefully. And also it's not got a very high robot attrition, so I'm like, that's a good place for my main base. Does mean there's enemies, of course. It's not a completely barren planet, which is way easier. (laughs) But I'm I'm still at the point where the enemies aren't a problem, as I said about the defences. It's like space exploration rebalances the, like, evolution curve of the enemies to make it much less reliant on time, <laughs> obviously, because you know, you're going to be here for a lot longer. Sure, less time and more pollution base. And up to now, I've been polluting so little that the enemies are like kind of way behind me tech wise, I guess you would say. So I'm like, I'm still safe for now. So when I land on this new planet, it won't be too much of a problem to just even just manually kill stuff. I've got like uranium ammo, and <laughs> so I've got the best physical gun ammo. I do actually also have nukes if I want to, but that's always overkill at this point. <laughs> Unless it's a particularly big alien base. <laughs> Haven't got orbital deployed nukes yet. That's the end game of space exploration's weapons. Turn the rail put the nukes in the rail guns and then just fire them. <laughs> <laughs> orbital strikes. Orbital strikes. No, can we not have a rail gun that fires dogs? You clearly know that's the worst weapon, right? Yeah, the dog launcher. Dog launcher. <laughs> Rough gun. I haven't actually tested to see how how devastating the firing the rail gun at nothing by itself is, like the regular rail gun. Because that does destroy stuff. I'm not sure if it... Because technically that should do a lot of damage yep. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> firing a rail gun package from orbit that contains like, I don't know, 100 plates of iron. That should, <laughs> that should do a lot of fucking damage. 
Yeah, especially like railgun speed. Yeah, exactly. You fire from one planet to another. <laughs> but I don't think it does. I think it does actually really localize damage. Which is a shame. Still watching um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. And the last, <laughs> epi- last episode I watched, I watched, there was actually a dog launch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that suits that that that, that show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's consistently stupid. That's all I can say. Though it's it's just consistently stupid. They buy another fucking massive submarine at one point. And it's just like they buy one. <laughs> it's real. It's real stupid. I think that's everything I did apart from Doug and Rocket League. Halloween's coming up in Berg. Yeah. I'm still having lemon runs at the moment in Rocket League, which isn't helping. I feel like I've been doing okay again. I've got out of the lemon patch for me for a little while. Played a bit of that there, hoops. Oh, on the new map. The block party hoops, yeah. <laughs> Although it's only picked, it hasn't picked it very much. It's been putting me still back in the uh, dunk house. Out of house. the two options, it hasn't been picking it no. very much. Man. I'm still putting me in the dunk house. Unlike the regular Rocket League where there's a lot of options and when there's a new map, you're like, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> you'd think you'd see the one in hoops 50% of the time, in fact. <laughs> I don't get me wrong, I have played on it, but like, yeah, it, it was in fact the very first time I tried to I tried to do it, it put me there. But um, it might have done it like twice in a row at the start and then I, now I haven't seen it since. <laughs> like, Quite ridiculous. Yeah. I just remembered a couple of things I didn't talk about. I'm not going to really go into them here. I played You Suck at Parking, which came out on Game Pass. Right. And I don't really know what to say about it. It's like it, it, it's like it's one of those like, hey, uh, try and negotiate the physics to park your car that you can't stop. Right. Like precisely in this space, but do it from a top-down perspective. And like, and so the single player is do that three times in a row without without dying, and you'll get the you'll get the three star rating, I guess, a bit like a mobile game, like you know those that classic formula. Uh, go, just keep going. That's all that is. The multiplayer is the weirdest part, where it's like a there's a few there's like a few maps, and it's basically a race to see if you can park in every if you can park in every space before someone mm-hmm. else manages to. It's got the same problem that Turbo Golf Racing does, I think. And it's not <laughs> no that, interaction. It's not that interactive. Right. You, can, you can hit other cars and like knock them out of the space you're trying to park into, like use them as brakes and all that <laughs> stuff. But it's like it's not that. Everyone just splits off in different directions and goes there's all. The, and it's also a memory game. You've got to remember where the spot. Like that's how you win. You remember the map and remember where the spaces are. Oh right. It's not that interesting. Um, it has a season pass. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Re- ridiculous if you ask me like why does that game have that uh anywho um i'm also playing a bit more red out too and uh i got some of those speed events done that i was struggling with i don't know if they've t- tweaked it or whatever but like managed to actually make some progress uh, but that game's just not hooking me i don't know why it's it's fine like but it's it's mm. it's all right anyway that would, i played those as well okay Games. Games! Games that have been played. Camel. Camel? Possibly melon. Possibly melon. melon. Yeah. 
Cat Cowl uh, was always like when we played like was it was it melee that that started yes. like uh, Smash Brothers melee and you'd um, if you squinted the fact that it said game exclamation mark would look a little bit like Camel Camel <laughs> nice well is that is that you then Rob yeah and me okay. <laughs> I just yeah, want to say yes for Rob, just to make sure. Cool. Yep, I can I can arrange this. Okay. <laughs> we can, can, can Zach's not my PA. <laughs> well, well, we did finish our Into the Breach run, but uh, we had a bit of trouble recovering the video, but well, I think it's going to be available. Yeah, it will, it will be available eventually. It will come. You can check that out. I haven't played any of that myself after finishing that run, but uh, uh, that was quite fun. It was a good one. We need to think of a next video topic. I think we're kind of we're kind of we haven't got the solidest of ideas. Solidest, most solid. <laughs> we're not playing Metal Gear, <laughs> but it is <laughs> solidest. Solidus is the dumbest character. Like, why? <laughs> he's the president of the United States, and he's got like a giant octopus suit for so he looked like Doc Ock, and he's got an eye patch. Why? Oh, that was so dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's this Kojima score, school of character yeah. development, isn't it? It's like you can't just have one thing; you've got to have many things. Well, I mean, once you establish there are clones of Big Boss, you can have as many as you like. But like, Liquid Snake has an actual character is quite different to Solid snake and the boss right the original or the the, um the boss big boss sorry (laughs) not the boss the boss is the other guy girl the lady yeah with the big fight the the, when the flowers and everything um but solidus yeah what happens to solidus does he get killed in in metal gear oh i don't know solid two i mean i can't even remember i guess yeah he must (laughs) Because that was the, it was they had to do him, I guess, because that was the twist at the end of Metal Gear Solid One, right at the end of the credits or whatever. It's like Revolver Ocelot's like, yeah, yes, sir, Mister President. Like, oh, he's been working for the president all the time. It's a, another clone of Big Boss. And then it was just a really dumb character, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Two. Anyway, Metal Gear. But yeah, we will have a solid plan for for upcoming videos. Or a liquid plan. <laughs> or a liquid plan. <laughs> liquid snake. I was about to say, we might have a gaseous plan. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> gaseous snake. <laughs> Is the other, the other phase of that a plasma snake? It's just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> gaseous snake is just a dog. Uh, well, not a diamond dog, though. Uh, D-Dog. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe D-Dog is Gaseous Snake. It is Gaseous Snake. Could well be. I mean, you just find him in the desert in Afghanistan. I don't know why there was like a kind of husky type dog just in the middle of Afghanistan, but <laughs> worth sending back to Mother Base anyway. D-Horse B. <laughs> D-Horse. <laughs> maybe d snake. <laughs> Both Einstein condensate snake. Plasma snake. <laughs> Plasma snake. What other states of matter are there? Superheated snake. Colloid snake? Colloid? <laughs> what the heck is colloid? I can't remember. Isn't it some sort of like 
Probably. Two liquids living with each other in some weird way. In some kind of colloid. Emulsion snake. <laughs> Emulsion snake. <laughs> Emulsion snake sounds too too likely. I think there probably <laughs> is already emulsion snake somewhere in there. It'll be the it'll be the subtitle to a game when it'll be like Metal Gear Emulsion. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's sounding a bit too Gears of War. That's the problem. That's the the gears oh, yeah. are related. Emulsion, of course. Yeah. All that juice. Is Gears of War dead now, or is it? I mean, I don't think they haven't finished that line. They haven't finished the second trilogy, right? Okay, Gears, so Gears Six will happen eventually. I've got another episode. I mean, I guess. Yeah. What else is that studio going to do? <laughs> well, nobody knows because oh. they've never done anything else. No, they were made for to take over Gears from Epic. Yeah, just like three four three was made to make Halo. Yeah, yeah. weird. I can't remember what that studio is called now, but anyway, yeah, the Gears guys. Gears guys. Well, I think that might be it for this podcast. Um, yeah, so look out for for the Into the Breach video and then further videos beyond that, and. Uh, We'll be back with more video games and news and random and waffle in a couple of weeks. So we'll catch you then. Bye. Birds are potato waffle. Waffle.